welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 136. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch if you are a gamer at Serial Sensei. With that being said, it's been two weeks since we spoke to you guys. And as always, I am back with my co host, Anti Cool, after a little mini hiatus. What's going on, man? Diego Santos is now the second best light heavyweight in the world, and that's a world I want to live in. There we go. <laughs> it's going to be one of them podcasts. <laughs> well, I, 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 so we're recording early, but I promised if Andy Ruiz beat uh, Anthony Joshua that the podcast will literally just be me laughing for three hours. <laughs> uh, it's not too late. Well, well, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, while we're recording this uh, Saturday night, it is uh, nine twelve p.m. So the Joshua Ruiz card is actually on right now, but the fight hasn't started yet. So um, I'd imagine. Maybe by the time we end, that fight will be going on. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, we'll let you guys know in real time who got slept, who didn't make it. Um, they got Ruiz out here in a Knicks jersey. Everybody got Knicks jerseys. Apparently, that's the thing. <laughs> I, mean, so, I mean, they can't get any worse, so. Yeah. I mean, if Katie Taylor has to play point, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah been a little hiatus took uh the birthday week off my birthday was on memorial day i'm now a member of the uh dirty 30 club my knees still work but i need to find a lawn to yell on it's about that time now gotta start finding yawns to yell on i think i gotta start buying khakis and polo shirts and maybe even a golf hat i can wear on saturdays you gotta get the, you gotta get the scottish man fisherman hat there we go it has to be like plaid. <laughs> no Crocs yet, though. We're not. We're not doing Crocs. I mean, you got. We got to work your way up to like Crocs with socks. I don't know. Crocs just. Uh, I hope to never be that guy. I I I fear becoming the guy who wears Crocs, and the guy who wears like the sweatsuit the sweatsuits at the barbershop. I don't want to be either of those gentlemen. Yeah, but so far. You know, I've been 30 for about a week now. Not a week. I can't count. That's been almost a week. Not so bad. Knees still work. Everything intact so far. Body ain't hurting. So we're, we're, we're going to keep the streak going. You're not falling apart yet? Not, not fully. Not fully. I'm, try, I'm trying to hang on. <laughs> I'm trying to hang on. It's going to happen eventually. But. You, should, you should do what the rich people do and just have, like, circulate young people's blood through your body <laughs> like, a, like a rich vampire there we go 
Uh, I'll figure it out. But nah, so so far so good. Thirties have been been uh been cool. Had a good birthday. Ate a lot of ice cream cake. Uh, got got to try chicken and French toast. I've been sleeping on that combination. It's actually a really good combination. Oh, yeah. I wish I would have started that earlier in life. Chicken goes with everything. It does. I'm. I'm I just for, for a while I didn't. I don't say I didn't like the idea of like chicken and waffles, but like for me it just. I don't know why for me or for a while it didn't make sense. And then I tried it and I was like, oh, I've been living a lie. This I've been doing this wrong. Like <laughs> yeah, like the, the, like that's the thing though. Like chicken, like chicken goes with everything, but chicken also goes with chicken and chicken's great. So like. What else do you need? You know yeah. what I mean? It was so good, though. So good. Oh, but, uh, God, not yeah. Chicken. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. So yeah, we took off the last week, enjoyed my birthday, chilled out. And my little brother's birthday was like three days after mine. So, you know, chilled out that week, but we're back. Um, it's been about 12 days. Actually, real quick, um, shout outs to the listeners. Because I went back and just looked at the numbers. I don't know what everybody loves about the Andrade, Thug Rose, and Pitbull versus Chandler episode, but the numbers just keep going up. Um, I don't know if that card just meant a lot to more people than I thought, or I, I, I don't know. But shout-out to everybody who listened to it, because that's probably one of the highest-listened episodes that we've had in a while. Oh, God. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's up there. And I don't know what, I don't know what was so special. I mean, it was a really good, it was a good card. And we got, we got some violence, a lot of violence that night. But Like, I, I need, like, now I need to know, like, are people, yeah. like, commenting in the thing or something? Like, now nah, there's no comments. It's, but a lot of people just, I don't know. Maybe can, somewhere. I like to think that somebody just has it open, like, their background tabs. Right. And they every just... time they open and close their laptop, it just, like, counts as another listen. Right, that or somebody in some corner of the internet shared it, and a lot of people got to listen to it. Yeah, those those, those numbers stand out. But I definitely, definitely appreciate it. Um, oh, I'm gonna let you get your shout off, shout out off before I start rambling. Oh, um, no, shit! Now you got me self conscious about how to say his his handle, but uh, Monta Monte twenty three dot dot com, aka your broke homie Tay. On Twitter, you are a lifesaver. Do let me borrow his PlayStation View so I can watch CBS Sports, which is where um, uh, the WNBA is going to be having like 40 games this summer. So, shouts to him. I owe him big time. Think about how to pay him back. Hey. Uh, much appreciated, brother. Might just have to get you on the show. Dude's the funniest. Dude's funny as fuck, so he's more than welcome on the show. Yeah, yeah. Might just have to bring you on there then. Friends give friends their passwords as long as they're trustworthy. Yeah, dude, like complete stranger here, and he, he just he hooked a brother up. So, meanwhile, I'm over here tried to log on my mom's Netflix, and I don't remember the password, so I just gave up. <laughs> I mean, does she remember the password? <laughs> she does. <laughs> and I could have asked for it, but that was too much work. Like sometimes I can just log in because it just keeps me logged in, but when I don't use it for a while. I'll go back on, and I like I have to log in from the beginning, and I'm like, God, oh, I don't remember this. Yeah, I just quit. Dude, this fight is getting hella ugly. Like, I, I, like in the first like thirty seconds of it, I thought Taylor was gonna run away with it because pursuing was just really slow in comparison. But good God, she is bullying Taylor around right now. 
Yeah, yeah, we're watching uh the Joshua Reed's card is on. So uh there's a lot of blood going on in this cage right now. There's some swollen eyes and cheekbones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think Taylor's winning because th there's a freaking Jesus the, Christ. Her eye is pregnant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, her eye. There's another human just waiting to burst. Um, it makes Mark Hominick's freaking head look normal. Jesus Christ. But, uh, yeah, so we'll <laughs> we'll be periodically just randomly giving you guys boxing updates because... It'll mostly be, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> Her eyes getting bigger. She's nine months now. <laughs> yeah, Taylor, dude, Taylor's red eye is swollen. Holy crap. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, a lot of fisticuffs going on. Um, then there's rising tonight, but we won't really get to cover that until maybe next week because um, that comes on at, like, 1 a.m., and, you know... I'm gonna be old and sleep. I would stay up and watch it, but I looked at the card. Not, eh, it's a decent card, but not one I really want to stay up late and watch. So I, I'm gonna be up front, man. That that is it's not worth twenty dollars to me. Like I, I, I like Jake Hewn as much as the next dude, but when he's like your fourth from the top, yeah, not a. It kind of tells me you put your best foot forward somewhere else. Yeah, and that somewhere else is Bellator MSG. <laughs> Hey man, you got <laughs> you got to promote a talent in another market. Kojo Araguchi about to freaking become the official Bellator bantamweight champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dual wielding in two organizations. Now that's that's baller. Yeah, that's that's how you know you're legit. When not you're not even just dual wielding in your organization. You went to somebody uh, else's uh, backyard. Oh, 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 she rocked. Taylor is rocked. Oh, oh there we go. She, she is. Oh, she is actually hurt. I can't tell. Oh, now I can't tell if she's tired or hurt because she's swinging again. But I think both. So. They are literally just in the phone booth right now. Yeah, they slugging. They slugging. Hey guys, get on the zone. Well, I mean, by the time you hear this, it's, it's over. But I mean, go back and watch <laughs> you can go back and watch it. But yeah, there's some fisticuffs being thrown right now. Um. So as far as today's episode, man, since we took like a two-week break, um, I'm pretty sure there have been cards since the last time we recorded, but I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I either didn't watch them, or I probably just, I don't remember them, and I didn't keep any note. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout-outs to all the MMA organizations and boxing and kickboxing who probably did have fights that I just don't remember. But I'm pretty sure somebody somewhere was getting punched, so... I appreciate you for what you did. I I just probably didn't watch it. Too busy eating ice cream cake. Um, so for this episode, man, we're just going to go over uh, fight announcements, which there actually are a pretty good amount of uh, over the last two weeks. A couple of news stories, which I'm sure you guys have already heard by now. And then we'll just uh, go ahead and jump into the uh, UFC card, which be a good idea if I had that pulled up in front of me. But uh, let's start with the uh, fight announcements. Like I said, a lot of them. Um, you'd, you'd be surprised at how many fights can get announced. Not even just a one-week span, almost two. Just a, a whole just slew of fight announcements. Some of you guys may care about, some you may not, but... I wrote down the ones that I found to be at least semi-interesting. So, starting from the top, probably one of the biggest fight announcements. 
uh, that happened over this past week. Uh, Chris Cyborg versus uh, former, well, I don't know what you call the former. Is she still technically an Invicta champ? I don't know how that works. Lineal Invicta. Well, no, <laughs> she's not. Wait, wait. no, she's not because freaking, what's her? Because <clears throat> Cyborg never lost the title. Well, she did to Nunez, so Nunez technically the Invicta champion. <laughs> Either way, Chris Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer. Uh, that'll be going down at UFC 240. Funny thing about that fight was I saw um, there was some I don't remember if somebody somebody posted on Twitter or if it was like an I think it was an article. Uh, and the article question was like, "Is it too soon for uh, Spencer to fight Cyborg?" And I was like, eh, "It probably is, but I mean, who only have... hasn't it been too soon?" For right. <laughs> <laughs> for one, it was too soon for almost everybody to fight Cyborg, and for two, we have a division that only has like five people. Like, I mean, it has less than that because apparently the fight that was supposed to be a featherweight fight on this card wasn't a featherweight fight. Yeah. So, yeah. Is it too early for her to fight Cyborg? Yes, it is. But by virtue of there just not literally being enough bodies, she just kind of has to. That's just, you come to featherweight, you win a fight, you fight Cyborg. That's your grand prize. Have fun. I mean, the only two women who are ready to fight Cyborg are... Amanda Nunes and Marlos Conan, and Marlos Conan's retired and has, like, lost twice, so. Yeah. So, it is what it is. But, I mean, I, I guess you could say I'm happy for the fight, you know. Good luck, Felicia. Hope life treats you well that fight. We'll see how it goes. Uh, moving on down the list, Curtis Blades uh, versus Joey's favorite 205-er. I'm not 205-er, favorite heavyweight. Uh, Shamil Abduk Rahimov at UFC 242. Um, at UFC Sacramento, Jesus Christ, a lot of fights, a lot of fights, too many fights. Shout out to Stokes, he'll be there live, he can give us a first-hand account of what these fights look like in person when he gets to see them. Um, we'll get to see 40-year-old Uriah Faber make his comeback, he'll be fighting Ricky Simon. I don't know why he's coming back, but, you know, it's MMA retirements aren't real, so... Rob Faber versus Ricky Simon. That's the thing that's going to happen. Also, one UFC Sacramento will have Josh Emmett versus Masad Bektik. And also have Andre Feely versus Shaman Marais. Derek Brunson versus Ian Heinish. And for the main event, some people dismay, but it is what it is. Uh, Jermaine Durandamy will be taking on Aspen Ladd. A lot of people I saw not big fans of that fight. Well, they're not big fans of being the main event. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I have to see that. Yeah. Not fans of being the main event. And I get that, but at the same time, like, Gerondemi was the first UFC Women's Featherweight Champion, and Aspen Lad's probably the most exciting women's bantamweight slash featherweight prospect out there right now, so. She about the only bantamweight. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't a lot of them out there anymore. At least not really worth getting excited about that I say we've seen in a while, so. But I, Zero, where you at? <laughs> right. Where 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 have you been all my life? <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I like this fight. I'm not mad at it being a main event. I actually think I think it's gonna be a pretty entertaining fight. I, well, let me say this. I think it has potential to be a really good fight. I'll just have to see how it plays out. Cause sometimes the round to me, I feel like lays goose eggs. Yeah, no, nah, like. 
this like to me this fight revolves around like cause uh Holly Holm was able to push Theronomy repeatedly into the clinch um along the fence and she was work for a takedown. You know, Aspen Lad's way better at takedowns from the clinch than Holly Holm is. Um like, in theory, Durandami should have the tools to f keep the fight at range, but she's also, like, a Muay Thai fighter. If memory serves, she's not just, like, a Dutch kickboxer, and she has, like, a, 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 like a lot of her style in Muay Thai, like, in fighting with, like, clinch fighting. And, yeah. Like, I don't think it serves her well to go to the clinch with Lad. So, like... I think we talked about it before, but, like, the, the transition from kickboxing to MMA is really weird because, like, and boxing, um, because in those fights, the distance is so much closer than it is in MMA because there's no takedowns, and a lot of the time, your defense, when you're done striking, is to just, like, grab the other person and then wait for the ref to break it up, and, like, if the round to me, like, lands a combination and, like, just grabs on to lad to like push her into the cage and like catch her breath that's that's a space where lad could just take her down and beat the crap out of her because she and she is by far the most terrifying top position grappler in in women's bandmate right now yeah so like that and we we've seen durant and me off her back and it's not good amanda nunez cut through her guard like it was nothing yeah um, i think they both i feel like have the tools to beat each other, it's just a matter of who can really execute better. Right. I was thinking for Deronomy's argument, Lad got tagged a couple times by Eubanks. Oh, yeah. And... No, well, Lad, Lad will be there to be hit. Yeah, and Deronomy, when she's when she's on, she can she can crack. So, I could envision this fight kind of going either way. So, uh, for that reason, I'll say I'm, um, I don't say I'm happy it's the main event, but I'm, I'm not really too mad at it, because I, I think it'll, I think it'll be an interesting fight. I'm gonna be on the optimistic side and say this this will be an interesting fight, but um, yeah, that's uh, UFC Sacramento. But I think a lot of that card, maybe like the entire card, is announced. That was maybe about half of it. So you, you probably can go online somewhere and find the entire card. But um, moving on down, UFC 241, we'll have Rafael Sunsal versus Corey Sanhagen. That is an awesome fight. Um, that'll be a big win for Sanhagen if he can pull that off. Um, at UFC Montevideo. What state is that? I have no idea what state that is. Um, what is it? <laughs> UFC what? Montevide. M-O-N-T-E-V-I-D. Uh, I probably should have wrote down the state or, and or country. Cause I don't no, know that's, that's Uruguay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we got uh, Ashley Evan Smith uh, versus Talia Santos um, at UFC San Antonio. Uh, we'll have Andre Arvlosky versus Ben Rothwell and Greg Hardy versus Juan Adams at UFC Edmonton. Uh, we'll have Alexandre Pantoja versus Davison Figueroa. That is going to be a really fun fight. But then I'm going to be hurt because I don't think Flyweight's going to be here. For... I think this might be the last year. I think I mean, it's there's, over. There's like 12 fighters left in the division. Yeah, uh, like they, yeah. They they actually don't have enough fighters in the division to fill out one of the ranking pages on uh, the UFC site. Yeah. So th that division's over. I think they're just waiting on um. Yeah, I think they're just waiting on the Cejudo Moraes fight to like, to to pull the gun and be like, yeah, you're no longer the fightweight champ. My, and I, I don't want to turn this to a whole segue because I'm 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 working on a you know quick 
shout out to the Technical Flop Podcast. I do the pay-per-view write-ups on their uh, website for the pay-per-views. And one, one of my thoughts was maybe Flyweight uh, is not going to survive. It's, I, think it's gonna die. I think that's inevitable. It's going to die. But I was wondering if... Because I was trying to make the point that if Suhudo wins, it might keep it on life support for just a smidgen longer. Only because I think pretty much any promotion loves the idea of promoting a dual champ. So just because he has two belts, they'll keep it around. Just for a little more. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Um... It's probably a stretch, but it was just a thought. It's possible. It's also possible that they just don't give a fuck. You know yeah. I, mean? I would say the other the other <laughs> thing that I think they'll probably do, get like the top five from 125, which would probably be both of these gentlemen. <laughs> you'd have Figueroa, you'd have Pantoja, maybe, maybe a couple others. Like, listen, guys, we need you guys are good. Come to 35, rest of y'all. Like, you know. I'm, I'm looking at the rankings now, and good God, they just... Rogerio Bontarin, who has one fight in the UFC, if I remember correctly. Like, Ryan Benoit is at number seven. Jordan Espinosa at number eight. Oh, they... <laughs> they... They cleared the fuck out of this division. Good yeah, God. They just gave up. That's, yeah. That's... Matt Schnell's at number 12. Like, ugh, like what the... That is wild. Yeah, they really just don't care. Yeah, R R P flyweight. But I'm really looking forward to that fight, though. That's that's gonna be a really awesome fight. Um, at UFC Sochi, in Russia, uh, Joaquin Silva versus Little Gastelum, Nasrat uh, Hack Paris. Paras, I said that right. Um. Oh, and that was actually my last UFC fight announcement. Um, as far as news. Um, UFC signed uh, former, or I'd say the last Cage Warriors bantamweight champ, Jack Shore. I want to say he's like 9-0. Don't know if he has an opponent yet, but that'll be a thing. And, uh, you know what, I'll save these other notes for topics we can, like, briefly talk about. So I'm going to jump on down to Bellator for fight announcements. Um, Wait, Ed- you, you, want, you want to talk about the, the California old man? Uh... I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like this, if he comes back and wins, is it a one-off? No, that's not how your IFA works. <laughs> if he comes back and wins, he's gonna be like, "Oh, I could go fight Marlon Moraes or Henderson." <laughs> It's almost like I don't even want to feed into it because, like, all right, man, like, I, I get it. Like, you know, you probably retired. You know, you spend a couple months home. Your body heals up, and you start training again. You're like, oh, I feel pretty good. There's been three years, I think, hasn't it? Or yeah, I, it's been or, some. Or am, been I, least... am I just fucking? Am I hallucinating? Like, he's been gone a while. Yeah, no, it's been some. It's had to have been some years. If not three, maybe at least at least two. He's been he's been out for a while. He's been active for a minute. I remember there was like a rumor that he was going to go to like um to one. I just felt like he was home, and like I said, you know, it, you know, body healed up. He got in the gym. Well, Cody lost the title. Joseph and 
Chad Mendes retired and Joseph Benavidez spent most of his time like training with the Deuce and like um, Mike Wink. So Uriah's just stuck there with like Andre Feely and Lance Palmer. Like, I think that's the main reason why we have um, what you call it as the main event. Bad the runs. I mean, it's just there's like no team alpha male prospect right now to take up that that mantle. You know, that's crazy that Feely and Palmer are the ones that I don't say outlasted, but <laughs> I mean you still got Cody, but. You know, Cody's kind of... Cody's off doing his own thing, staring off into the lights. Going out. I, I guess there's, like, Josh Emmett and, like, um, Darren Elgin, but they're not really... I mean, well, that that is true. Well, uh, we, we were talking before we uh, started recording. Uh, Elkins, he had his run, and we we're probably not going to see him in a big fight anytime soon. They don't want him in a big yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we probably won't see him in a big fight anytime soon. So like, Emmett, Emmett the, possibly. Like, I'm looking at the roster. Like, the, I'm looking at the Team Alpha Male roster right now, and it's like, it's those two, and it's Cynthia Cavillo. Yeah, holding the mantle. But she left, though, didn't she? Uh, yeah, she might have. I think she I think I, I think I brought that up in a, a previous episode, that she did, um... She went to was it Jackson's? She went to some other camp. I feel like so it really probably would just be Palmer, Palmer and Philly are the main ones. Yeah, because so. Cody's kind of on a at least in terms of UFC. I don't know, man. He's he's not really in a good good spot. Um, I don't know, man. Oh, we'll see what happens with Faber and Simon. I'm I'm happy more so for Simon because if he wins, you get you get the the good veteran name under your belt, and I think everybody wants that. You you want that legend name under your belt that when people look at your record, that's a name that everybody's gonna recognize. Like oh, he beat you know, he beat one of the greatest bantamweights ever. Albeit right. he was forty, but you know, is what it is. You you got the name on your resume. That's that's kind of what matters. Um, well, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how that turns, how that goes. Um, moving on down to Bellator, they got a couple of fight announcements. Um, Eduardo Dantes will be moving up to featherweight. Um, he will be fighting Juan Archuleta at Bellator 222. Um, Rafael Carvajal will be fighting Chidi Njikawani at Bellator 224. Um, backtracking, actually, to Bellator 222. Um, the last time we talked about that card, uh, Machida versus Sonnen was the headliner. It has now been confirmed that McDonald and even Gracie will be the headliner over Machida Sonnen, which is a win for us all. Um, Yay. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> throw it there by three. Also, I don't, I, I don't know if it was before or after our last show, but Rena's going to be on that card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of rods in, uh, rods in his uh, slowly infiltrated Bellator. Cross promotion. Yeah, so. Never that's... a good idea. Look at uh-huh. what happened to Darian Caldwell. <laughs> hey, I, it might not be great for the companies, but I feel for the fans. It's oh, yeah, no, for us, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's a win-win for us. For them, you know. I mean, life comes with gambles. Hey, man. And you know what? I, I will respect Coker for, for, for doing this. Because it's not like he's giving his guys, like, squash fights. Like... 
these are legit fights that they could very well lose. So I, I respect that. I respect that. Yeah, Lindsay Van Zandt versus Ren is like a really weird one. Whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with it because <laughs> Rene is fighting the, uh, the United States, but you know, it's, just, it's just a bizarre matchup for me. Yeah, it's not a. Uh... Boy, this announcer at this car with the dreads. Oh, you never heard? you never seen Man Bro Homie before? I forget his name. Uh, no. I don't think I've ever seen this guy. He 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 is a consistent figure. Hmm. Um. Oh, and last bit of Bellator, uh, Bellator news, which was very interesting, something I was not expecting. Uh, former Glory, uh, featherweight and lightweight champ Robin Van Roosmalen, he will be signing with uh, Bellator, and he will be competing at featherweight. I can't remember if they said he's gonna be in that little Grand Prix they're doing. I mean, that'd be really dumb of them to do it, but they also put Ed Ruth in when he wasn't ready, so what do I know? All right. <laughs> I, I can't remember if I saw that, but uh, either way, Robin Van Roosmalen will be uh, competing in Bellator. I think he is 2-1-0 in MMA. Yes. Um, and you can find both of his fights are on YouTube uh, if you guys are interested and want to look them up. But if you're not familiar, um, as far as his glory career, the dude, dude was a beast in glory, man. Like, he was just... A tank of a kickboxer, always having fun fights. Um, the man, the man is an animal. Really, really, really fun to watch in Glory. So be interested to see how he does in Bellator and PFL. Um, PFL four will be on July 11th, and a couple of fights they will be having. Uh, we'll have Kayla Harrison versus Morgan Friere, Magomed Magomed Karamov versus Chris Curtis. That should be pretty fun. Um, Ray Cooper III versus John Howard and Sarah Kaufman versus Roberta Samad. And the last fight announcement I have uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury 2. Doesn't have an exact date, but we will be getting that scrap early 2020. Right. Um, so, for those curious why we're not getting it, like, I guess now. ESPN signed a deal with Tyson Fury, and he has a, a fight coming up with uh, German heavyweight Tom Schwartz on June 15th. That'll be on ESPN, and that'll be the day ESPN realizes they gave Tyson Fury $20 million a fight to basically shadow box dude for 12 rounds. <laughs> it's going to be glorious. Um, uh, and from what I understand, Deontay Wilder has a mandatory coming up. With um, uh, a guy he's fought already, Luis Ortiz, probably his toughest fight to date besides the 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 Fury fight. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, you you'll go check that one out. But um, from what I understand, he has to fight. Like Ortiz is mandatory. He doesn't want to pay him to step aside, and they're just gonna do that rematch in the fall and get one more big check out of Fury. Uh, of Wilder before they have to go send them off to fight a top guy. Which is my read on it. <coughs> um, I don't know. I mean, this is way earlier than I thought we were going to get these fights. This this rematch, so I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah, yeah. When they get the date, we can mark the calendar early. Make it a... Make it an event. So, uh, yeah. That's pretty much it for fight announcements. Uh, but we do got some news headlines, and boy, are there some uh, doozies. Yeah, we got some doozies. 
Uh, Can we go like one episode without having to talk about a dude beating his wife or ex-wife or beating moms or? We'll just start with that. <laughs> we'll we'll get that out the way. At least the other two. Well, all right, one of them's kind of bad because people lost their jobs, but um, yeah. We'll we'll start with uh. I don't even have the story pulled up in front of me, but Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Um, I feel like everybody was like a fan of this dude. We've all championed him at some point. Really fun fighter. Great to watch in the octagon. Just do his thing and be wild. Uh, but he's out here wilding outside of the octagon, which is never a good thing. We knew he was wilding outside the octagon. He has seven different baby mothers. Three of them live on the same street. He was a real-life cowboy. He was in the rodeo. All things you want to cheer for. But apparently he's also... Uh, what was it? Let's see. Uh, okay, so the report is Alex Oliveira wanted for assaulting ex-wife, drunk driving motorcycle with young son. That's there's a lot going on there. Yeah, then in one sentence, that's way too much already going on. Okay, and if y'all want to know how young his son was, uh, is it, he's five months old. Yeah. Um, Olivera's manager came out and said that the police are not looking for him, but he was going to turn himself into the police anyway. Um, but the report is Olivera's ex-wife claims that Olivera had assaulted her, reportedly telling police that she was beaten with hair pulling and punching by Alex, who still broke, uh, who still broke some windows and the door of her parents' home. Uh, according to MMA Brazil. Following the alleged assault, Oliveira is said to have then gotten his motorcycle with his five-month-old son without helmets, but left his son at his sister's home before fleeing the scene. Uh, at the time of this report, Alex Oliveira's whereabouts are still unknown. Yeah. So, uh... Oh, wait. There, there's more. Additionally, both G1 and MMA Brazil have reported that police have relayed a second criminal incident in which Oliveira was involved on Saturday. Oliveira is alleged to have gotten into a verbal altercation with the security at a party. G1 reports that the security guard has testified at the police station that Oliveira made threats to the man. MMA Brazil, via a translated version of the original article, is reporting that Oliveira was indicted for crimes of threat, injury, and bodily harm. So Cowboy man, been out here a while. So he had a very busy weekend. Yeah, yeah, and not not in the uh, not in the most not not in the way you want to be productive. Uh, I I will say, um. So no, th- this this article is from the bodylockedmma.com. Um, I'm not sure if there's like an original article in English that mentioned some, anything about a arrest warrant, but um. The, the response from Alex Oliveira's manager, Alex Davis, um, uh, this story is being circulated by the media about the incident involving UFC athlete Alex Oliveira does not reflect the reality of facts. The news is there is a arrest warrant issued for him is false. He will, along with his lawyer, meet with the precinct chief in charge to give his side of what happened in a timely manner. So, like I said, this is just from the bodylock MMA.com. Um, I, 
I, I, I don't, I haven't read the original articles in, in Portuguese because I don't speak the language. This article doesn't mention an arrest warrant. It just mentions that he was being sought for questioning. Huh. So, yeah, that, that's a very, that, that, that's a potentially um, disingenuous statement from um, Alex Davis. Um, I, I, I don't know if G1 or MMA Brazil stated that there was an arrest warrant on Alex Oliveira. <coughs> so. No, no. Well, uh. Never, your heroes will eventually let you down. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, well, as more facts come out, you know, we'll, we'll keep you, by, keep you guys, uh, updated. But, yeah, not, not a good look. Not, not a good look, if any of that is true. Um. But yeah, that was a uh, cowboy Oliveira. Uh, let's let's move on to the, to the homie uh, Moneybags Romero over here. Um, I'm gonna read this from the uh, USA Today. I'm just gonna skim through this <laughs> article, which I'm sure some of you have found out. Uh, article headlined: UFC Joel Romero awarded 27 million dollars and tainted supplement lawsuit. Uh, article states that he has been cleared of wrongdoings after a failed drug test from 2016, which was proved to have stemmed from a tainted supplement. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, he won the lawsuit against the New Jersey Gold Star Performance Products uh, to a total of 27 million point forty sorry 27.45 million, um, according to his agent Abraham Kawa. Kawa, I'm saying that right. Um, so the breakdown is kind of wild. So according to Romero's team, which includes attorney Howard Jacobs and Kawa, the breakdown of the damages was roughly $3 million for lost wages, $3 million for reputable harm, and $3 million for emotional damage. The damages triple when a company is, quote, found out to have committed consumer fraud per the New Jersey Consumer Fraud Act. So basically he got, you know, the double, triple, the, the triple, double bag <laughs> because of this consumer. What a uh, fucking country, man. Right. <laughs> because of this consumer fraud act. He got the triple, double bag. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it says, USADA confirmed that the supplement uh, was provided to them and they were able to confirm the presence of Ibuda Morin which was not listed as an ingredient, and Romero was suspended six months. So, apparently they sold him some, uh, you know, he got the back alley, uh, the back alley pills. I don't know what to wear on with their pills, but. Uh, all I'm hearing is that Yo Romero is the, the true natty goat. All natural Cuban meat, bruh. Hey. Uh, if, if if he actually gets this 27 mil... He probably won't. But, but if he does, I would not even take the cost to fight. I'm out of there, bro. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You give me $27 million, I'm, I'm moving out of my house tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, Costa, I'm calling you, bro. I, I know we wanted to fight like five times, but I'm I'm in a different place in my life now. I'm, I'm dropping that resignation letter on my boss's desk being like... I'm sorry, my situation has changed. All right. <laughs> I am no longer in need of employment. Yeah. I was supposed to fight on UFC 242, but I make more money than everybody on that card now. 
like combined. I, I made more money than the Reebok deal has paid out to the entirety <laughs> of. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm out of here. So I hope he gets the bag, man. I hope I hope he gets the 27 mil. We'll we'll see what happens. But that is a that's a wild come up. Like he would have gotten a lot of money even if he just would have got the. I guess that would have been nine mil because he got three mil for like each charge. But the fact that it tripled because of that law is, oof. I couldn't imagine like losing a lawsuit and they're like, "Yo, you owe that man twenty-seven mil." Bankruptcy. I mean, sorry, not twenty-seven mil. Was it twenty-seven? Yeah, twenty-seven. Yeah, well, that's what. It, yeah, like, oh god, the, like we we've talked about it a little before, but the 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 um. The supplement market, particularly when it comes to like protein powder and like all these like energy workout stuff, like they are not well regulated. Like so, I'm like I'm not like a hundred percent up on the wall. So I'm actually kind of surprised that um, you all got anything out of this. Does this somehow start a wave of other fighters being like, hey, let me look back into that cream I got busted for? <laughs> like, it should. I know if I got suspended from Usada and I see this, oh, I'm I'm calling somebody right away. Yeah, we need to inspect all this. If I can even get about three mil, I'm good. I'll I'll be happy with that. But whew, twenty-seven mil, money bags Romero. He gonna come back with a gold-plated stool. It's gonna be a problem. Boy, boy, oh boy. But uh, shout shout to your Romero. Get the get the, get get the bag. I ain't mad at you. And uh, last bit of uh, news, I, I only want to dive into this because I find part of it like interesting, I guess. Um, well, it's not good news. Anytime people lose their jobs, it's not, not a good news. Uh, but the following fighters have been cut from the UFC. Uh, all right, well, all right, one of these is not like the other. Justin Willis wasn't so much cut as he was like, I guess we kind of don't like you anymore, so we're just gonna, you know, shoo, get away. Because mm, um, his situation, I think, was a little different. Apparently, from what I from what I heard and what I read, he allegedly turned down the fight, and they didn't like that, so they said bye. Because uh, he actually had a winning UFC record. He only his only loss was to Curtis Blades, and I think they offered him the Walt Harris fight. I want to say. Allegedly, that's what happened. And he turned it down, and they turned him down. Um, but anywho, so Justin Willis is out of here. Other cuts include Eric, Shel- uh, Eric Shelton, Marcelo Gome, Wilson Hayes. I was kind of sad to see Wilson go, even though he hasn't been on a good streak. But I like Wilson. Uh, and the most notable was Elias Theodoro. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, the Theodoro cut... That was, was an actually the... inadvertent yawn. Like, <laughs> I know no one will believe it, but it actually was. People, you know, some people took issue. I just saw this out of all the names on the list. His name stirred the most conversation, uh, mostly because he has a pretty good, I don't have his record up in front of me, but. I want to say he's only lost like two or three times. Yeah. To, to 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 put it in layman's terms, if you saw his record, there are fighters who have gone through much worse. 
before they got cut. Um, so one would pretty much the the only assumption that I think you can make, which I think is causing the uh, I guess debate or conversation or whatever you want to call it, is that he didn't get so much get cut because of his record. He got cut because this is a you know it's a sport competitive, no, but it's yeah that's the argument yeah probably not. But in in theory, <laughs> in theory, it's a sport. But it's also entertainment, and he's not delivering on the the entertainment factor side of things, um, as evident with the Derek Brunson fight that we all saw, and I don't think many of us were thrilled about. So I, I guess my question, and I, I pretty much know the answer to this, but I'm just throwing it out there just for just for conversation's sake. Um, is it is it quote unquote fair? to cut a guy because he's just not exciting, even if his record, you know, strictly in terms of numbers proves that he de- he belongs to be, he, he deserves to be there? Um, I mean, that just goes to, you know, people have unions to defend themselves from this sort of thing. Just saying. Just saying. Uh. Yeah, um, I mean, is it fair? Kind of, I guess, a little bit. Like, like you said, this is, this is entertainment above anything else. Um, do I think it's bad for the UFC brand? Like, probably not in the short run, but, like, they did the same thing to John Fitch. They did the same thing to Jared Rochelle. And it hasn't come back to bite him in the ass yet, you know what I mean? Like, John Fitch leaves and immediately loses to John, like, Berkman. And Jerry Rochelle leaves and he can't win the PFL heavyweight tournament. Um. Um. I don't know, it's probably not fair, but, like, I mean, what is yeah. Yeah, it's it's this is the wild wild west, man. Like not, not even this is this is uh this is corporate. Like one person gets to decide your fate and if he doesn't like you or you bore him then you have to deal with the consequences and that's what you signed up for and if you didn't want it that way you should have joined Project Spearhead, like I don't know this guy. Oh, this guy got worked. Sorry, I'm, I'm was half watching this fight. Oh, <laughs> murdering and down. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> like my screen <sighs> keeps freezing, but every time it unfreezes, dude is on the ground. Like, <laughs> so but, funny uh, story about Endam real quick. Um, he actually fought in the 2016 Olympic Games. Mind you, he was already a pro and had won a world title by that point. Um. 2016 was the year they let, like, professionals fight at the Olympics. So it was him and Amna Sorong, I think is how you pronounce his name. And they both ended up getting their asses beat. Mm. Like, really one-sidedly. That's kind of funny. Yikes. <clears throat> but yeah, back to Theodoru. Yeah, Theodoru, um, like, it's... 
I, I, listen, he's coming off a loss. I don't think it, like... I, this, this is not the, like, this is not a loss that will, this, this is not a move that will lose the UFC any fans, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, is it fair? Probably not, if we're strictly just going by, like, numbers and record. But that, that's just testament to the fact that the playing field that MMA as independent contractors operates on is just not fair. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, like you said, if this was, if there was some union or any just kind of, like, governing body. He would have at least got paid out. Right. Yeah. Paid out. To be honest, he probably would still be there. But then I also, I, I guess just in this age of MMA, or at least especially the UFC in particular, I think we have enough evidence to suggest that these kind of things can and will happen. Um, that guys will get cut or released for one reason or another. <laughs> if you're not on good terms with Dana, if you do something. To, fight. Yeah, but I guess the entertainment factor too. I'll, I'll also get it on that front. And I, I hate defending UFC. I'm all about sticking it to the man. But it's, it's kind of like, all right, I'm a business. I, I've, you know, I'm trying to put together a fight card, and I, I need to fill the names. I need, you know, need fights that are going to get people excited. People want to come out. People want to see. And I throw you on the card, and you know, not a lot of people are really. Dude, like, but here's the other thing: the UFC set him up to fail. Like, really, you're going to give him the co-main event spot on this? Yeah, that <laughs> awful Canadian card. And I mean, I'm pretty sure we both, yeah, we both dragged that idea that yeah, the- Theodoro and Brunson and and that high, high profile of a fight was kind of just a recipe for, yeah, the-, the the UFC at the same time does not do themselves a lot of favors. It's like they don't, I don't know if there's just something in certain dudes' contracts. Where it's like we sign you for X amount of fights, and then one of these fights you're guaranteed like a co-headliner or something, because some people get headliners and co-headliners. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you got here. Your manager must be fucking magic, right? <laughs> because there is no, and it's no disrespect, but it's it, it's the truth. Like some fighters, we all have it. Like there's been a moment every fan has looked at a card and you saw that co-main event and you were like, bro, I don't know what you did to get here. But you shouldn't be here. Like, no disrespect, but you just should not. Everybody knows, man. The co-main and the the headliner. These are supposed to be the two fights on the card. That if the rest of the card is whack, at least these two fights are gonna save the day. Nobody looked at Brunson and Theodoru and thought, yeah, this this the one. Um, the heat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks for Theodoru. I don't want to see anybody lose their job. Not support the whole. Uh, uh, medical marijuana movement he's trying to do. I'm all, I'm all in favor of that. Can we, can we talk real quick about how badly you have to be for the UFC to cut you? Because they'll cut anybody who have flyweights nowadays. So they either must like really not like you like on a personal level or or you must really have stuck up the joint. Yeah, I, I think that 
that Brunson fight did not win him over any fans. Um, I just can't get over him placing his foot on Brunson's knee. <laughs> Acting like that was supposed to do something. Yeah, he... And I just... I don't want to bad talk the dude. I mean, here's, like, Theodore is rich. Like, he is, like, really rich. Like, his, like, he comes from money. And he's, like, an actual model or something. So, like, I, I'm not too worried about him not having another job. Like, if, if this was a dude, like, um, I don't know. Like a Tony Ferguson type. Where it's just like, you know, if he doesn't have this, his life will just completely fall apart. Like, I'd be more worried, but like, for Theodore, and maybe it's a little unfair to Theodore, because, you know, he's actually really about this life. But, you know, he'll be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, this... Cold world, no snuggy man. Um, I don't know. Oh, hopefully he lands somewhere in another organization. But uh, at the same time, yeah, you can't fight like that, man. Like, I mean, you can. It got into an eight and three record. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, but it's just. And I'm not even the guy to really like rag people for, you know. How they choose to they, fight. Like, yeah, yeah like, but, but you just, you look at, at least with lay and pray, I can look at a dude and be like, all right, he's not something. doing damage, but he, he, he can get a takedown, and he can get it at will. It might not look pretty, but, you know, there there's some skill. There's something there. I, I look at some of Theodore's fights, I'm like, there's just a lot of movement, and it doesn't mean... <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I don't know, man. It's different. It's just... Right, right. You have to know... I I guess just a part of me feels like there's no way... This is me armchair quarterbacking, admittedly. But there's no way that I go... Even if I'm winning fight, that I go back and I look at that footage and I'm kind of happy with what I did. I just... I don't don't see how I could go back to the gym and be like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to win every fight. Like, you, you... I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, dude has a good record. Doesn't really, don't think he's really taking a ton of damage, so probably still relatively healthy. We could probably see him somewhere else. Hopefully he can maybe reinvent his game. Um, Oh, maybe. He was tweeting about, like, yeah, no, I heard you loud and clear. I need to be better at this martial arts stuff, so. Yeah, so. I I don't, like, I don't know how much that's going to translate into him actually, like, Wording out of the box as opposed to throwing those like half ass back fists. Right. <laughs> the, the slow time kick. Like Yeah, we can't we can't do that no more, man. But I don't he know. He needs to exclusively do that. <laughs> That's how he gets rehired. But uh, I I hope you can go back go go back to the gym, man. Just Try to reinvent yourself the best way you can. Maybe we see you pop up on, I don't know, you, know, you pop up one of these other promotions. I have a couple decent fights. Maybe maybe you'll make your way back. I don't know. But, 
Yeah, so Lost Theodoru, he's he's gone uh, with with all these other people who have unfortunately been cut. But that was uh, pretty much it for the news of the week. So while this uh, Joshua and Reese fight is waiting to start, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this card. So today we had UFC Stockholm, of course, going down in Sweden. Um, I feel like the last time we did a Stockholm card, wasn't it like not good for the Swedes? Didn't they lose a lot? Uh, I want to say it was the card that Gustafsson knocked out um, Gavron. Like that was, and that was like the their only win that day. Yeah, yeah. They had a they had a bad. Uh, Let's see. It, it didn't have a great showing. Yeah, Vogue won. Over end cap loss, and I think he's Swedish. Let me just check real quick. Yes. Uh, no, Hermanson won on that card. So they, the the real greatest, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> Swede of all time. That Austin Hermanson, man, he really did just kind of come out of nowhere and just. He he is holding it down for um. For for Swedish MMA right now. Yeah, dude is. He's like the one guy who like thwarted Jacare, and I can't even like hate on him. That is the biggest win in Swedish MMA. Like I don't like we talk about like the triple ACL torn Shogun and old Pat's the Glover to share all we want, but like no, Hermanson beating Jack Ray biggest win in Swedish MMA. Yeah, and he like beat him, beat him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so shout out to Hermanson, man. That was that's that's still wild to even say that sentence. Like Hermanson beat Jacare. There's a lot of unassuming dudes just beating guys we thought were just unbeatable to the lower rank of the division this year. Yeah, <laughs> as evidenced by this main event. Whew. I told y'all this main event was gonna happen. I knew. I felt it in my soul. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, it hurt me, but I knew it. But I feel, anywho, I feel like we all know it. We were just like, common sense says Alexander Gustafson wins this fight. But common sense is wrong, right? <laughs> so, some situations you just you can't apply common sense to, because heavyweight MMA. Yeah, it's 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 one of the variables that just it'll it'll throw your whole equation off balance no matter how much it originally made sense you throw in 205 and life just changes it's it a just, wild variable yeah yeah <laughs> let's uh let's get into it ufc stockholm that went down uh, early this morning at bright and early at like 10 a.m love the early cards because even if i miss them while i'm at work i can just come home and watch them we watch them on espn plus um pretty easy rewatch for me it makes me feel like the card isn't as long as it probably actually is um so i'll give a quick disclaimer i, I got a chance to rewatch pretty much all of this card but the first time i watched it i did fall asleep uh during <laughs> a couple of these fights but i think my memory is gonna hold up for the most part but forgive me if it doesn't so there are fights on here that I played a lot of attention to but for the fucking life of me i just cannot remember yeah there were some of those like, this was I the Tamor Bin Joe fight. I think we were like texting during it, and it was just like, 
Yeah, what yeah, happened? I, I watched every <laughs> moment of this fight, and I just don't remember. Like, it went in my brain and out like that, and I have no, I have no idea what happened. I actually like, do remember that fight. Re- there were this. This was one of those cards that, and we've said this plenty of times. Like, the fights are fun or like they're decent, but they, in the grand scheme of things, don't really like mean a lot. So you just kind of don't. A couple of them ends on like the, a couple the, the main and co main, and had it happened, the um, the Latifi uh, was fight probably would have meant something just because that division is literally anything to fucking change with any fight. Um, and it was really low in the card, but like Leonardo Santos, Woof. that that man is about his business. Um, Joey, I, I like Joey made fun of him for bringing him up once. Joey makes fun of Leonardo Santos a lot. And Joey, you want us an apology, Joey? Yeah. <laughs> Freaking, he called him boring. Is he still boring, Joey? He killed the man. Sorry, Steve. You and you, you know, no, no disrespect, but just went out to Europe and just murdered a European man <laughs> in his own continent. That man had a family. He took <laughs> but. No, I mean, yeah, it was it was a it was a good it was a pretty solid card throughout. Just yeah, yeah there, there were some of those fights where like you just you watched it and it was fun while you were watching it, but if you try to recall it, you're like I don't remember really what happened. I just know while I was watching it, it was cool. Um, yeah, there were a number of those fights, but all, all in all, it was a pretty solid card. So we'll just start uh, from the top. Main event: Anthony Smith, Alexander Gustafson. In that order. <laughs> this fight, this fight, this fight. I... So, like I, like I said at the start of the show, Leonardo Santos is now the second best light heavyweight in the world. Ah, <laughs> oh, this fight, man. Um, pretty sure I posted this on pretty much like every... Uh, social media account. O- on paper, Gustafson is definitely the better fighter. He's definitely more talented, uh, better striker, just overall better. But I didn't have my money on Gus in this fight because I just I, I felt it that somehow, some way he was gonna find a way to let this just slip right out of his hands. And it, it hurt me to think that, but I had to face the facts that it was just going to happen. And, uh, yeah, it happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, this fight got me nervous from, like, you know, first couple rounds, Gus is doing a lot of movement, a lot of footwork, a lot of feints, some leg kicks. Not really landed, landing anything too substantial. Not really throwing anything too substantial. Yeah. And I was just, I was getting the feeling with Smith that, like, he was just kind of waiting to land a big shot. Because I, I thought, that, honestly thought this fight was going to end in KO. I was actually surprised. It, I'm going to say surprised it ended with submission. But I thought Smith was going to end up, like, clipping him and knocking him out. But, yeah, first, first two rounds, Gus isn't really doing a whole much. Smith doesn't have a great ton of output, but he's definitely landing, like, the harder shots. He's, you know, pushing forward a little more. He looks like he's actually trying to go for it. But 
you know, being patient because Gus, you know, he moves around a lot, a lot of movement, just back and forth, side to side. He's doing all kinds of wild stuff. So I actually kind of like what Smith was doing. It, it wasn't the most exciting for the first couple rounds, but I like that he was being patient. He wasn't rushing and in anything, getting clipped. Um, third round, things started to pick up a bit more. Um, I think it was the third where Smith did like flurry him one good time, backed him up against the cage, but Gus ended up, ended up circling out. And there were moments, little brief moments, where like when Gus would commit, he would land like a pretty decent shot. But the moment, the moments were kind of far in between. Like I, I spent the whole fight kind of waiting for Gus to like, if he can just uncork like a, a nice three piece, right? <laughs> Because when Gus does decide to let his hands go, we've seen it, man. It can be a thing of beauty. He, the, the man can unleash some combinations. Like, But I just I felt like the whole fight was me just kind of waiting for him to just, all right, this is going to be the round where he, you know, I'll give you the first two. You're, you're feeling things out. Whatever, whatever. I get it. So I'm thinking three and four, like, all right, he's going to really, we're going we're gonna to see old Gus. And I, I don't think he ever really... We saw it in, like, super brief spurts. You might have caught Smith with a couple of good shots. He hurt him to the body in the third yeah. round. I don't think he realized how badly he had him hurt. Yeah, I think... I think he... It, 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 at, at first time I saw that, because, yeah, the uh, sequence he's referring... Uh, Antico's referring to... Uh, he caught Smith with a, a hard body shot. Hard body kick. And Smith was visibly hurt. But, like, he immediately went for a takedown. So, in, when I watched it in real time, I was like, oh, that was stupid. Like, <laughs> like you should have just kind of backed off and just, you know, or just not went for a takedown, kept attacking the body, or maybe just even went to the head because he was, he, he had him visibly hurt. But, like, rewatching, I, I think he had it in his mind that that was what he wanted to do, that he was just going to kick and go straight into a takedown because it, it was kind of a seamless, he didn't pause in between those motions. Like, after he threw the kick, he went straight for the takedown. So I don't think he really noticed what he... He didn't see his handiwork, I don't think. He All just right. kind of went for it. And, you know, he, he ended that round, I think that was the third, he ended that round in pretty good position. Um, And then, in round four, and, and I should say, I think by the third round, I had Smith up 2-1. Um, I think I had him up 2-1. I think Gus landed statistically a lot more than Smith did. Well, he, a lot of those were the um, the the kicks to the leg because he had yeah. a big lead with those. Um, at some point during the third round, they pointed they they got the stat out that like it was like thirty three to nine. Yeah, yeah, he was throwing a lot of they, they they weren't like really hard kicks, but he was just kind of throwing something out there, keep Smith honest, keep him at bay. Yeah, and they hurt. Like, yeah, like. They real like that's part of the reason Gus had like Gus won the third round. Um, like Smith's leg was just all marked up from Gus just kicking at it so much. Even Gus's leg was bleeding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that says like two seconds too. Yeah, that was that was nasty. It was yeah, a, yeah. I, that's the point I realized he just wasn't gonna win. Yeah, he. the third kick. The bottom of Gus's leg is like covered in blood. Like, bro, where did that even come from? But yeah, I just the more this fight went along, like I was like, Smith just needed to land a big shot. And then Gus would have a few moments and like, all right, Gus, it's time to turn it up. 
And they, they had a, a brief moment where they were like, but they stood in the pocket for like a quick second. They would both land a couple of good shots. And then the fight would kind of just return to normal. And when I realized that Gus wasn't really putting his foot on the pedal as much as I thought he should, I was like, oh, he's, he's going to lose. Like, this is going to end bad. And fourth round comes, man. Gus goes for this judo-ish takedown, and it completely backfires. Yeah, that was, um, that that's in, like, the worst takedown Hall of Fame right there. Yeah, yeah. Judo takedowns in general can be a risk because it's like if you don't execute them right, you're gonna be, you're gonna be in a bad spot. Right. And it was especially bad to do on Smith because if, if not for nothing, dude is strong. Like he's a strong dude, not somebody you're really just gonna fling around like he's some little kid. So Gus goes for the judo sweep, does not work at all, ends up on the ground. As soon as Smith took his back and started landing ground and pound, I just saw the way Gus kind of like curled up, and I was like, "Ah, uh, this here we go, that's it, game over." Gets a couple ground and pound shots. I feel like he got Gus's neck. He didn't even really have to work that hard for it. Yeah, there and was like no hand fighting. Yeah, like it almost seemed like when he took Gus's back, like Gus subconsciously just kind of gave up, like he just. Wait, like, there was a there was a point where like Gus was like tripoding, trying to get Smith off his back, and like he he nearly had Smith off, but Smith reached underneath both of Gus's arms, and like kind of just dragged his body back down, and like Gus just kind of folded in on himself. It was like okay, that's that that probably shouldn't be happening. Yeah, and. And once yeah, once once he got that it was you knew it was over. Gets mm-hmm. gets gets Gus's neck, chokes him out and Boom. <laughs> Although that's to tell you. Yeah. It, like this is gonna sound really harsh, especially after what happened after the fight, but like Sensei, I need you to tell me the most impressive Gustafson performance. Outside of Glover Teixeira, that he actually won. Um, all right, hold up. As, uh, as a boxer. All right, hold up. Let's, uh, let's pull up the record. Do-do-do, uh, do-do-do. All right, outside of Gus, uh, he didn't really beat Jan with boxing. He started using takedowns. Jeez. Right. Yeah, it would either... Some of these I don't even remember. Well, are we really going to count Jared Hammond? (laughs) (laughs) But but the point is, like, you have to go all the way back to, like, before he was fighting top dudes to, um... to to fight, like, a performance where, like, we saw, like, a, a really impressive win as by result of his, like, hands. That wasn't Glover Teixeira. I don't really remember the Manoa fight. I remember the Shogun fight being good. I also remember thinking during that fight, as fun as that fight was, I was surprised at how well Shogun did. Right, because this is, like, 
three or four months after Shogun had like a life or death fight with Brandon Vera. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm not completely shook that Smith beat Glove, uh, Gus. Um, like, Glover was just like a layup of a match for him. Like, he really was, like, shorter, small reach, really slow, not very durable, like, durable, but not, does not eat punch as well. Um, and, like, I, I'm, I'm just gonna say, like, I think the Jones rematch showed that, like, Gus kind of hasn't gotten better in, like, the four years, or, yeah, like, the four or five years since the first fight. Yeah, uh, he's oh, yeah. six years. Like, I I don't think he's gotten any better. Nah, he yeah, and that that was another thing I noticed when <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of it, but like there was a moment where I think Smith had I don't know something had happened and 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 Gus did the running thing that he does. Yeah, I was like, oh, the same guy. Hey, I, I'll I'll give him this. He didn't do that a whole bunch in this fight. It wasn't like the DC fight. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He only he only did it like once or he only did it like twice. Yeah. But like I, I saw that and I was like, oh man, he. Yeah. But I, like the thing that like, the the thing where I thought Smith had a chance is, from what I can tell, Gus really struggled, has struggled in the past with dudes who are just as long as him, and who can get underneath him. For like those overhands, that's how Shogun. Um, if you go back, if you go back and watch the Shogun fight, that that fight was a lot of like Gus going for takedowns and stepping knees, because Shogun was repeatedly touching him with the overhand right. But against guys like there were there were no combinations against Jones like he was throwing against Glover. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. Be, because like he, he like we we def, I, I know like the first fight was a lot of people saying oh Jones only does well against guys who have the same amount of reaches like the like who have a sm a shorter reach than he does, but like we didn't see the same thing out of Gus either. Like the combinations were few and far between. There was a little bit more pot shotting, a lot more movement without, um any clear distinction of, like, what he was trying to do. Like, the, the the jab just basically... It didn't disappear, but it wasn't as prevalent as it was against some of the shorter dudes he's fought. Like, against Anthony Smith, like... Smith is really long, he's really tall. Uh, and... When he, when he chooses to be, he can be a pretty alright combination puncher. He can put three or four punches together. Um, and when he did against Gus, like, he landed. Like, he would land the one that was really stink, like, really freaking clean. Every single time. Like, um, so, like, I, like, there was, I, there was, there was a path to victory for Smith, and he really, I'm not gonna go out and say it was, like, a, like, an amazing performance. Because I think we also saw, like, the bad parts of Smith's game. Where he just, like, mentally shuts down and is just, like, really upset with himself. Or he starts fighting in a way that's not really, like, could, like conducive to him winning fights. Because, like, 
that third round was him just literally just like doing the exact opposite of um what was winning him the fight. Yeah, because he stopped. He wasn't really the one pushing it anymore. Gus was kind of leading the dance more. Right. Yeah, he had moments where he was just kind of like, he was just there. Yeah, he, like, from what I could tell, what Smith wanted to do this entire fight was to catch Gustafson, like, committing on a jab and, like, hit him with that overhand right and knock him out. That rarely ever happened. Instead, Smith seemed frustrated that he had to throw, like, four or five punches to actually touch Gustafson. In the third round, he just completely shut down his offense. It was like, no, I'm going to counter. That's how I win fights. That's how I've always won fights. And then his corner in the thir- after the third round was like, dude, throw combinations. You're touching him when you do. Stop throwing the freaking fight away. So, you know. Uh, just It was an amazing performance, but it was a, it was a solid performance against Augustuson that I think I think injury and time and just losing all these close decisions have just taken all the fire out of them. Yeah. yeah. And for guys, anybody who didn't watch, pretty sure by the time you guys hear this, you should know, but uh, Gus uh, took the gloves off afterwards and said the show was over. And, uh... I, like, on the one hand, this is MMA, dude dudes say that shit all the time and then they're back like three months later but on the other hand like if you're Gus you you fought for the t- fight t- the you fought for the title twice you lost super close decisions both times against two of the greatest fighters of all time you got knocked out by Rumble like you had four or five years where you were just battered with injuries to the point where you were you fought like maybe four or five times in like five years, five or six years actually, um, you know, and, and and then you you lose to Jones again, but even more one-sidedly, and now you lose to Anthony Smith, a guy who, a year and a half ago was getting knocked out in middleweight, uh, like. I can see your fire getting taken from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I was actually the quote. I thought I didn't read the article. But, yeah, he, he said he doesn't feel like he has it in him anymore. Dude, like, what a fucking year, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh... You, you got Rose and Rory saying that they don't got it in them anymore. They're like, they, they, like the, they don't want to do this anymore. Gus is on the doorstep of leaving. Who else am I forgetting that wanted to retire or did retire? Oh, Jose Aldo is about to leave after his next fight. Yeah, yes. And then you have Uriah Faber who's like, yeah, no, I'm still here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough out here, man. Um, yeah, it, it was sad to see him go out like that. Because, like, I... Man, I, I used to champion Gus so hard. Like I always believe, like this guy's gonna, he's gonna win one of the big fights. Like I don't know how long he'll hold on to the belt, but I'm like he can get it. I know he can get it. And he just every time he got the chance, man, he, he came up just short. And yeah, it yeah it sucks. But I mean, in hindsight, 
he gave us a lot of fun fights in terms of, of Swedish MMA. Yeah. Probably like a god over there. So, <laughs> like, right. yeah, he's he's pretty cemented. I I would say not 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 a career to like be ashamed of. I, I think he's just kind of one of those guys. If I could liken him to, I think of like a basketball player. He'd be that one basketball player that you look at and be like, man, he was really good, but he just never got he never got the ring. You know, he reminds me of um, I might think of Grant. I might think of Larry Johnson. <laughs> Probably both. Yeah. Probably both. You know, Grant, Grant, great player, phenomenal player. And and yeah, no, probably I'll probably probably say more Grant Hill. Like phenomenal player and injuries just really messed him up. And he just kinda like, you, you kinda knew that was why part of the reason why like oh, this guy's never gonna get a ring, man, because he's just Yeah, too 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 busted up. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Phil Davis or Alexander Gustafson, which one had the better career? Has had the better career? Mm. God, this hurts. All right, hold on. Before I hold on, before I say that, let me pull up Phil's record because I, I just got done looking at Gus's. So hold on, Gus. I'm trying to make a case for you, bro. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Because um, here's the thing. Hold on. So this is actually interesting. Because, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to throw MMA math out because I know somebody's saying, well, Phil Davis beat Gus, so therefore, but we, MMA math don't work like that. But I'm looking at the rest of their records, and I'm trying to think of who has the most impressive wins. See, what is Phil Davis's biggest win? I think his biggest win is either Leota Machida or Glover Teixeira back when like those wins meant something. And then Gus's biggest wins would be what? Shogun Glover Glover Ah, oh, that's I... the thing. Like Gus's whole career is like not his whole career, but like it's probably like, Phil. All, all this talk about him being, like, the best UFC like, heavyweight to never win a title. It's like, his, his best wins are, like, Shogun coming back from knee surgery and, like, old man Glover. And I guess yes. Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy, uh, Black, John Blackwich. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, yeah, it's probably Phil. If I was to look at overall who had the, the more impressive wins, it... Yeah, probably Phil. Phil has. Yeah, Phil got Brian Stan, Little Nug, um, Machida, Glover. Then you go to Bellator. You got Newton, McGeary twice, King Mo. Yeah. Even though mm-hmm. he lost that fight. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's probably Phil. And the thing is, e- even if it's not Phil now, Phil's still fighting. Right. And he's he's actually getting better somehow. So if it's not Phil now, it probably will be by the time it's all said and done. Mm. Man. 
I gotta move on on that note. That just hurt. It's that, wild, right? <laughs> that, that hurt. And the Anthony Joshua fight is starting now. Oh, all right, they're doing walkouts now. It's not starting. But. I mean, let's talk about the real, the real number one contender fight. Hmm. Co-main. Oh. John Blahovich after Blahovich beats the crap out of Luke Rockhold. <laughs> You know what? This almost makes me want to root for Rockhold so that two middleweights can fight for. It kind of makes me want to root for Rockhold just so we can get them to fight to fight one another because I know Rockhold was talking a bunch of shit. Oh yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't like each other. They yeah, don't. Yeah. But like, I can see Rockhold winning that fight up until freaking Smith just catches him in like, yeah. the second round. I feel like he would win kind of just like Bisping would. Like he's just gonna cork one on him that Rockhold ain't gonna see coming. Ah, that's wild. That's wild. But that was the main event, man. Um, this is the end of Gus's career. I, I was a fan, man. It it hurts to see him go out like that. But I might have just shot on his record a little bit. But like, dude, dude was undeniably fun to watch. Yeah, he he had a lot of, and that's what makes it just kind of frustrating because we he's had a lot of good fights, and we've seen how entertaining he can be. And it just, you kind of looked at him like, man, I, I felt like you could have done a lot more. And it just, ugh, it hurts. It hurts. But, I mean, all in all, man, a fun career. And that's that's the most I guess you can ask for. It, it, at least, I, at least I, I won't look back and be like, oh, well, his fights were terrible. Like, he, he had a lot of fun fights. You know, good good performances. And the Glover KO is probably one of my favorite KO sequences ever. That was just beautiful to watch. So, he gave me something, man. He gave he gave me something. So shout out to Gustafson. Um, but congrats to Smith. That's that's a huge win. Um, middleweights. Dave Branch. I don't know what y'all doing. That could have been Dave Branch. <laughs> it definitely could have been Dave Branch. But that was the main event. Moving on. Co-main event of the evening. Keeping it with the theme of 205. Alexander Rochik. And Jimmy Manuel. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of forgot about uh, Rochik a little bit in the vein of kind of these other 205ers that have been on the come up, and I, I kind of forgot that he was. I don't see in the mix. Cause I felt like he didn't fight as often as everybody else, or maybe he has, and I just kind of haven't really been. Uh, uh, let's see. He fought. He only fought once last year, I think. No, he yeah, he twice. beat um. He beat he beat Clark and. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's he's been around, but uh, you know in. When you got Johnny Walker flying knee and people, and it's a little hard to stand. Yeah, like, yeah, to yeah. be memorized and stuff. Yeah. I mean, freaking, we know his name now. Yeah, he out forever. here forever. <laughs> yeah, he, he he out here now. Um, poor Jimmy, man. When Jimmy gets KO, this is just not like a normal KO. Like he. No, that's that. That's a forty-year-old man getting knocked out, bro. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like he gets knocked out like a civilian. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, this this fight lasted all the forty-two seconds. It was a lot of a uh, couple power leg kicks. Uh, Rotic trying to throw the one-two down the pipe, and then he does this great, beautiful combination. I think it was a, a right uppercut to a left, and the head kick came right behind the left, and just catches Manawa, and he instantly goes out head bounces off the canvas body stiff 
it was beautiful and scary at the same time. Cause you were afraid for Manuel, like, all right, man, you gotta get back up, cause he was out for a good, he was yeah. out for a good minute. Yeah. yeah. It was one of those KOs where you look at Manuel and be like, dude, it might be time for you to hang him up. Yeah, cause up. that was not a pretty. Dude, I feel so bad for that like mid 2010s like class of light heavyweight. Cause like they are all like noticeably old now, and it's just like they they just get sent out there to get the shit beat out of them. Yeah, they they are getting folded. Like the fucking Patrick Cummins, who whose entire career has him been getting beat up, but it's just getting progressively worse to the point where he's losing to like Ed Herman. Like, OSP is just clearly not who he used to be. And that, yeah. Jimmy, man, it wasn't like a four-fight skid. And he's been knocked out in three of those four fights. Yeah, and they've been bad. Bad knockouts. Like. Like, low light of. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Nah. But, hey, man, Alexander Rotrick, he, if you didn't know his name now... You know, insert new challenger at 205. I'm, I'm happy for Rochick, though, man. Like I said, it, anybody at 205, man, you out here trying to make a name for yourself. And he's only 27, which means at 205, he's like 18. Right. <laughs> so so he, he could be around for a very, very, very long time. Like, they're, they're, mm. like, I'm not, like, I, I think we're still at the phase where we don't know how, like, actually good these 205, like, up-and-comers actually are. And how yeah, much you, of it is, like, the guys they are fighting are really faded. Yeah, because you don't, you don't really know until either <laughs> the young prospects fight each other or they fight a, a top guy a la John Jones well, or... Well, that's the thing, though, like, like, is it, like... Normally, you, like, if um, if this was, like, welterweight, and you beat, like, Max Griffin, like, you are in, you are a pretty darn good welterweight, right? Like, you, you, you might not be a top 15 dude, but you're a dude who should be fighting a top 15 opponent. Right. There is no class of, like, light heavyweight like that. Yeah, the, the jumps are very sporadic. Like, <laughs> like, like. OSP, Jimmy Manua, and Patrick Cummins were once, like, gatekeepers to the top five. But, like, they're, they're just, they just can't buy wins anymore. Like, they they are, like, like durability-wise, like, and just speed-wise, like, they are just on the downside. Is Shogun the benchmark now? Like, dude, like, show, like, yeah, like, Shogun's a benchmark <laughs> to the top ten. <laughs> Shogun and the fight night like in one hundred percent. Shogun and and Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson, I feel like if there's a dude, if there are two dudes who are like, are you beat this dude and you're like a top a top five guy, or you're ready for a top five guy? It's like Jan Blahovich and like Corey Anderson right now. Because I think Corey Anderson's kind of just turned it around. Like he's he's doing pretty good recently if I remember right. He beat like Latifi. Uh, he beat Glover and he beat Cummins. Whew, yeah, it's 
Yeah, so yeah, even for Rochick, it's, it's, and this fight ends so short, so you didn't really get to see a whole lot. So yeah, like I said, it, it is kind of hard to tell exactly how good they are. Like, how um, much of them winning is youth and athleticism against guys who are fading, and how much of it is that they have, like, good, complete games that are built to finish guys who are just not at their level athletically? Then at the same time, it's kind of like... <laughs> 205 ain't getting much younger. Exactly. Oh, I mean, you got a couple of guys, but... So the, the, even if it is just youth and athleticism, the, in this division, that'll actually carry you pretty far. Boy, this division will be crazy if John, whenever John Jones leaves. leaves. Like, it, that belt is going to change, like, every fight. It's going to be like it was in, like, the late 2000s, early 2010s, but it's going to be, like, a worse version of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, so far, the only one I'd call, like... Like, of these young guys, like, Rocket, Rochich and Walker and, uh, who was the other dude? Uh, Reyes. Uh, like, Reyes is the, no, no uh, there's nobody else the other side of Reyes. Um, shit, he just fought, um, like, last week. Not last week, like, two weeks ago? Um. Am I forgetting, am I just making somebody up right now? Probably is, it might, might be, like, one more. Uh, point being, like, Reyes is the only dude who I'm like, okay, he is actually good, but he's still not ready. Like, he, he, Reyes is a good, solid, complete mixed martial artist. In, in the traditional sense that I would say that, like, a Santiago Ponzinibbio is a good martial artist, you know what I mean? All right. Or, like, a Vicente Luque, but, like, he's still not ready for Jones. I'm not, like, like, if Gus hadn't retired, I would have been like, you know what, Gus Reyes would be a good fight. Or, but, you know, Gus Smith would be a good fight, too, now, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. But we, we should probably talk about the freaking finish to this fight. Yeah, that... Which was that, the entire fight. Right. <laughs> say that, that uppercut to the left, to the head kick, that is just... Hiding ever so perfectly. The, the switch kick. Just... And just as soon as it landed, you just knew. Like, oh yeah, he's done. Alright, do, do for the... Like, he did the whole robot go stiff, bend forward, fall back. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, body switch completely just shut off. Mm-hmm. And it's... And you know what made it especially sad? Um, who, who was it? Um, who, oh my god, I forget her name. She's actually really good at her job. Was it Megan O'Leary? Who was talking about, like, her interview with, uh, Jimmy Manoa, like, during his walkout, where she was like, Jimmy was like, like, I sat down with Jimmy, and was, he was like, if you tell anybody anything about me, tell them that I'm 39 years old, and I'm still getting better, and I started this sport when I was, like, 28, and I got off the couch, a couple weeks later, I got my first fight, and I'm here, and I'm ready, and I'm going to be champ. And then, like, 45 seconds later, he gets knocked out. Yeah. That, that was heartbreaking. Well, life life happens fast. Life happens violent. God. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that was legit one of the nastiest head kick KOs. Yeah. 
that I've seen in a hot minute. Like, yeah, it don't get much better than that. It don't land much cleaner. The KO don't get much better slash scarier. Yeah, that that's a highlight reel. If if Alex if 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 Rochick does nothing else for the rest of his career, you, you're you're on like the all time head kick KO list somewhere. <laughs> you're on there somewhere. Um, man, oh man. But yeah, it's not really much that really analyze about that fight because that was that was second fight. <laughs> yeah, that was all that happened really, outside like a couple leg kicks. So I, I'm looking at the, so just to the Joshua Ruiz fight real quick. It haven't started yet. Why is Ruiz's face marked up? Like he's been boxing. Like yeah, somebody caught him in the back while he was doing a little pad work. <laughs> he, 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 he didn't. He didn't dodge. <laughs> I, I don't remember his face being that red. Yeah, like his yeah his cheek looks a little. Somebody went a little hard in sparring. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Joshua dude, is built like a superhero. He is. Where'd oh, you saw that? Where? <laughs> All natty. <laughs> that man is built like a straight up superhero. Dude added like fifty pounds in like three years. It's really crazy. It's wild. It, but it, it's also probably juice, but oh. let's be real. Who cares? Everybody fucking juices. Yeah, yeah. Boxing. There are no moles. Gerald yeah. Miller was out here failing like three <laughs> separate drug tests. <laughs> you guys know what you're signing up for. <laughs> That's what the uh, judge says. Yeah. <laughs> that's sad. Ah, uh, that's the Mark Hunt man. That sucks. Yeah. But moving on, <laughs> moving on. Uh, going down to featherweight, Macwan Americani versus Chris Fishgold. Man, it sucks for Fishgold because he's always in like fun fights, but he never happens to come out on like the right end, uh, of the fun fight. Yeah, he's always doing really well, and then he's not. And then, yeah. and then he loses in the yeah. second round. Yep. Um, Mac Macwan Mirkani, man, he came out the gate ready to go. I think he did like a flying knee as soon as it started. He did some flying, something. He flew. <laughs> yeah, he went for the flying knee. Yeah. As soon as it started, he he was out the gate ready to go. Um. Yeah. No, this was just. I, I wish I could remember this fight more in detail. Cause I felt like it was a, a fun. A fun fight. I just remember the finish because it was a <laughs> that ending sequence was kind of wild. But it it was a really it was a fun fight. Um, good good to just see Americani back. I thought he looked pretty good. Americani um, averaging one fight a year in the UFC. Yeah, that, that's the only thing. Like when he fought, I was thinking of him and Santos. Like who was out longer? But then uh, Santos was out for three years. But it's Americani. Just seems like we just go long stretches. I mean, the the dude's first fight in the UFC was in 2015. He's fought four times since then. Yeah. So, because I remember when he first came, there was a lot of hype around him, and, like, he was doing good, but it's like, man, we don't really see you that often. Um, But, no, nah, he, he looked good. He looked good in this fight. Um, But, no, nah, this, I, 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 like I said, I wish I could remember it more in detail, but the ending sequence was wild. Um, Apparently, Mark um, Wanamirkani spent, like, the entire year that we haven't seen him trading is like striking and you wouldn't know that if you saw him fight because Chris Fishgold was having a lot of success on the feet but then he would overcommit to something 
and then Mark uh, Mark one would take him down. Yeah, and his takedowns were clean. Oh yeah, was, yeah, he had some really clean takedowns, like effortlessly clean. Um, but boy, the the ending sequence. Um, Mirakani goes for a takedown. Fishko goes for a guillotine. Uh, doesn't get the guillotine. I think for like a brief second, he tried to switch it to like a Darth. Um, loses that. Mirakani, I think, somehow ended up on top. And then <laughs> Mirakani goes for the anaconda choke. And they have this little... <laughs> it looked like <laughs> it looked like a ritual dance. Like, <laughs> like Americani has the anaconda choke in, and they're kind of like. It's hard for me to describe this unless you guys know what an anaconda choke looks like. But they just do this little spinning. It was a grown man running on his side. Right. <laughs> it's like those. It's like they were real life fidget spinners. Like, they were just on the ground, just kind of going in circles. Like, Fish Gold's trying to push his leg away so that he can't, you know, get the angle, add more pressure. And Americani's, like, chasing them, and they're just doing this. It's like if Tom and Jerry were running on their side trying to chase each other. Like, that's... <laughs> it was wild. It was it's one of the craziest, like, submission finishes, just because the way it led up to the submission that I... It's not surprising because, you know, I guess what you need to do is defend it. But it was kind of funny to see them just, like, chase around each other for, like, a good 10 seconds. But uh, Americani ended up uh, sinking the choke in. Cat and Mouse game ended. He won. Uh, hopefully we see him uh, within another year. He He's not out for too long. Hopefully. Um, I mean, they got that card coming up in Denmark. I mean, he, he could be useful considering they don't have any, like, fighters from Denmark on the roster anymore. Mm. Shasta Nicholas Dolby. Um, yeah, like, no, oh, not a whole lot to talk about. Like, um, like, you, you hope Amir Khani comes back and he actually fights. Because he might not be a complete fighter, but, like, he's really good at the one thing he knows how to do, and it's grappling. Uh, dude, get you on the ground, that's a problem. Like I said, them, and those takedowns were clean. Those were some real clean takedowns. And that 45, man, you know, a lot of fun fights at 45. So I would want to see him in the mix. I want to see him fight like Kron or like um, Ryan All. He's really touched that ground game. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully we can just get him to fight again. Because, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he got, he definitely got hit, but, you know, shouldn't be too beat up. We should we should be able to see him again with within some months, like maybe late this year, right? Or early next year at like the latest. Yes, I think we're gonna see if he's healthy and he wants to fight again this year. I think we're gonna see him in Copenhagen. So, we'll we'll, we'll see. So, Mirakani, if you happen to listen to this, be be available, man. Don't 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 be chilling out till like mid twenty twenty. I mean, dude, dude, is Mr. Finland. He 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 has like TV commercials and like magazines and you know stuff to do. Can't be dealing with us peasants and our our need for violence. So that was loud. <laughs> it was Stokes.
Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was uh, Mac Juan Americani. Impressive submission. Go go watch just that ending sequence just to see how that little cat and mouse uh, choke went. But uh, Americani won via Anaconda choke in round two over Chris Fishgold. Um, moving on to lightweight, uh, Christos Giagos versus Demir Hadzovic. Um, this is one of those fights where, like, I remember watching it and being entertained, but I don't remember much of what happened. All I can kind of remember from this fight is that Giagos landed a lot, and Demir was like a zombie. And he just, you thought he would have died, but he didn't die. Like, he just kind of kept, he kept pushing forward. He was getting beat up. He got taken down a good number of times. But it's like, man, this guy just. If you can't do anything else, the man can take a hit. Um, kind of all I remember. <laughs> not, not much it, was, it was a lot of Yakos taking uh, Hatsovich down. Hatsovich still has the most freaking terrifying nickname in martial arts. Um, mixed martial arts anyway. He's, I think like, Joey tried to tell me he calls himself like the Bosnian Viking now. But I am like 55% sure I heard Dan Hardy or um, Paul Felder say that Demir Hajovic calls himself the Bosnian Bomber still, which is a terrifying nickname <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. Um, oh, Ruiz is oh. down. Oh. Did he go down? He went down, but he's back up. Okay, my stream froze like right when Joshua landed. <laughs> it could have handled that amount of falling. That's a lot of pounding chain the mat. Up, up. I lied to my brother. Josh was gonna come out here too. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Josh was hurt. Oh. Josh was down. Oh, I can't. My stream is. <laughs> my stream keeps freezing. Wow, Josh was down on the knee. Wow. Oh, Andy Ruiz, an apology. You don't need to look like a model to fucking be... Oh, my God, he's going to do it. Ah. Oh, no, he's not. He's, he's good. He's on solid feet again. This is hilarious. In all fairness to Andy Ruiz, he did, He has a solid argument for beating Joseph Parker when they fought. If he was, like, 15 pounds lighter, he probably would have won the fight. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll keep you guys, uh, uh, you know, updated. Well, it won't matter. By the time you guys hear this, you'll know. But in real-time reactions, man. <laughs> but, Dude, like, he, Joshua looks bad. Like, he's never been the most... Tech oh, he is. He's on, he's on chicken legs. Oh, shit. He's on chicken legs. It's so hard for me to watch him on his own stream. just keeps Dude. freezing. But uh, I'll let you watch that. You probably have a clearer stream than I do. I'm over here. I should pull this up on my phone, actually. That would probably be uh, much smarter. But moving on down the list, uh, Daniel Taymor versus uh, Sung Bean Joe. Yes. Uh, See, this is one of those fights where I watched the entire thing. <laughs> I, like, I, I wasn't like, oh, this is the most boring thing ever. I'm just going to zone out. It's just like... <gasps> Joshua's down again. Oh my god, he's about to lose the title. And a bunch of money. Stand <laughs> up. 
<laughs> Y'all forget I'm trying to pull this up on my phone. Well, I'll probably have a much better stream. But, um... Yeah, t the tape... Oh, the... Say by the bell in the third. Say by the oh, bell in sorry. the third. Say by the bell. Let me turn my phone down. Okay, I got it up on my phone so I can watch. All right, but, uh... Well, yeah, guys, we're going to be reacting to this while it's happening. Yeah, now, now I got a clear stream. <laughs> but, um, I'm sorry, I keep, like, oh, my God. Oh yeah, my this, God. yeah, this is hey, wild. Aaron. <laughs> get your boy. <laughs> get your boy. <laughs> I think your stream's ahead of mine, though. But, um, all right, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about this car, but if Joshua goes down again, guys, but, yeah, just, you know, real time. But uh, Taymor being Joe was, um, <laughs> this was one of those fights where I almost thought Taymor was going to find a way to lose because in the beginning, in the first round, dude came out the gate, like, Throwing really hard. He I think he stunned Bing Joe like right in the beginning. He landed some really good shots. He was throwing some hard kicks, some hard overhand rights. He was pretty much putting his heart and soul into everything he threw at him. And it was bothering me because he would tag Bing Joe and then he would like go for takedowns. And there was a moment in the first where like Bing Joe had threw up a triangle, he went for arm bar. I was like, please don't end up getting submitted in a fight where you clearly like should be winning and it was one of those fights where I felt like Taymor should have just kept it on the feet because it seemed like he had a clear advantage but he kept I don't know he was, I don't know maybe he just wanted to show off other wrinkles of his game what he could do in a clinch yeah because Jimbo just shut down after the first round yeah because he yeah yeah after that Benjo just didn't he didn't do much of anything he just kind of played the outside but he was just he was there. He didn't really do much. Um, this seems like a pretty clear case where, like, some Ben Joe, um, when he was fighting in South Korea, like, he was the most athletic, got most, like, the strongest, most athletic guy on the scene. And he gets to the UFC, and then he's surprised by how quick and how powerful, like, e like UFC competition is, and then he just immediately like, yeah. shells up because he doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, and my yeah, like he literally outside of like those few times he would throw up a a submission attempt, he didn't really do much of anything. Um, didn't offer much pushback. Taymor got off a lot of hard shots, and then he would just get takedowns. Um, not not a whole lot to really analyze in that fight. Um, good good on Taymor, pretty dominant win. Uh, yeah, not 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 really much to say. That was the main card. That made his first win in the UFC. Give him that. Oh, hey, there we go. There we go. That's something. So, congrats. First win in the UFC. Now Look. one and three. Yeah. Uh, but good luck at Featherweight. That might be the easiest fight you'll get unless they find somebody else they can bring in from uh, another organization. Because it, it's not, not, not getting much easier after that, buddy. But one nonetheless. Uh, that was the main card. It would have been longer, but Latifi Vulcan got uh, scrapped. So hopefully Latifi's okay. He had like a back injury, I think, or something like that. Is that what it was? Something like that. He he got injured. Some some happened to him. Yeah, Latifi back injury. Hmm. So hopefully he's okay. Cause I I was looking forward to that fight. That would that would have been a fun little two o five. You know. That would have been a great fight between two guys who primarily only fight for a round. Yeah, it'd have been a round of just 
unadulterated, pure light heavyweight action that only light heavyweight can deliver. <laughs> that was the main card. Moving on to the ESPN2 prelims. Oh, I will mess this name up. Uh, Sergey Kar- Kadoshkov. Kadoshkov. There we go. Versus Rostam Akman. I'm just going to call him Akman. Um, fun fight. Sweden's only loser. Oh, he lost? He lost. Akman? Akman? Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch the result of the fight. Like, I just watched the fight and then I... Oh, yeah, I, yeah. So, Akman uh, actually came out, had a really good first round. Like, surprisingly good for a dude who only has six pro fights. Like, I know he did the uh, IMMAF. Um, and was really successful there. But, like, he was still fighting a dude who had 30 pro fights compared to his, like, six on short notice. So, he came out, he did his thing, um, was really applying pressure, keeping busy. Um, was actually the busiest fighter over all three rounds, I think, but, uh, Kardashko, uh, he, uh, he, he, like, he dropped him twice in the second round. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, he... For as much as Akman pushed the pace, Sergey had more like moments because yeah he he dropped yeah he dropped him twice. Did he, did he drop him in the third? No, he he staggered him right at the end. I think. Yeah, he staggered him in the third. Yeah, I, I had a little in the second, besides the knockdown. So like, Akman was the one pushing the pace, but like he was not the one landing the uh, the uh, the highlight reel. Yeah, so, the highlight reel hits. Yeah. So, but th- this was actually a fun fight, and I didn't know either of these gentlemen, so I was like, wow, is this the, the prelim headliner? But, no, it was a fun fight. For short notice, Akman put on a really high pace. It was pretty much action all throughout the fight. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm not mad. This was actually a good good prelim headliner. Like I said, yeah, Sergey had all of the highlight moments, dropped him twice, staggered him in the third. Um, but Sergey's lucky that... uh. He won this fight because there was a moment where he got taken down, and uh, there was a lot of taco meat in his face. And Ooh. <laughs> yeah, can we, can we talk about yeah, Jesus Christ? So can we talk about Rostam Akman's? Uh, why, why was he allowed to wear a sweater during the fight? Yeah, this man. Uh, also, the... why did his sweater have like five really strange holes in the middle of his chest? <laughs> yeah. Like, like there was just no hair and it refused to grow or something. Uh, Ak- Akman is one of the weirdest, hairiest like, dude. Like, think I, young Arlovsky. But, but, like, I get it, man. Some people got the tackle meat on the chest. I'm actually a hairy gentleman myself. I don't got that. This man has tackle meat on his arms. His beard has a uh, his, his shoulder has a beard. His back. <laughs> like, he is unnaturally hairy. Like it was like he was in the middle of like transforming into some something, and then he stopped midway. But like he kept all the hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's when he took <laughs> when he took Sergey down. And I saw all that taco meat in his face. Like, bro, might have just tapped out right there and nothing even happened. Like, get get your hair out of my, my mouth. Like, there's got to be some athletic commission rule again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I've seen, like, commissions, like, 
force fighters to like shave their heads or like shave their beard. I don't know why they wouldn't force him to shave his chest. Yeah, because it's back like and yeah, it, and it, it's it's not even just like a little hairy, y'all. Like it is, it full is full on wolf man. Yes, the man has a full just wool sheet on his chest and back and shoulders and arms. It's yeah, it's it was bizarre. Um, Lord. Sergey, boy, I, I know I, he probably you. I would have showered all day after that, but it was a fun fight nonetheless. So, shouts to Sergey and shouts to uh, Akman too. For a short notice, that was a pretty impressive performance. Um, wouldn't mind seeing him again. Uh, moving on down, women's bantamweight: Lena Landsberg versus Tanya Evinger. Um, all I remember from this fight is Evinger getting caught with an elbow and her face was a crime scene and that Lena somehow out grappled her and beat her up on the ground. Yeah. Um that that ACL tear just completely took whatever prime Tanya Evinger had left because she has a bad, you know, last two fights. Like the cyborg fight is the cyborg fight. Like, what, what are you gonna do? But like she she used like, her one thing was she was really strong and she could drag women to the ground and it no longer looks like she's really strong anymore. Um, also, like, just fighting, like, these women who are actually, like, really good, experienced clinch fighters, probably not helping. Uh, you know, Laz is ridiculously strong and Nina Landsberg, that's the one place she actually feels comfortable fighting. And we saw the results of that here where she just bludgied the crap out of Tanya Evans' face. Um, the, my favorite were, like, just the knees, because she would be pushed against the face, the fence by Evinger, but she would bridge on Evinger's face, and then, like, just throw this, like, really slow but deliberate knee at, uh, Evinger's forehead, and she would, like, land two or three of them before Evinger was able to get her to stop. Um, on the ground. Like you said, those elbows and those back yeah. hammer fists. Just beat her up. Just stole the lunch money. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> completely stole the lunch money. Yeah. Um, prop, props to um, to Landsberg. Just, uh, like, I feel bad for Avenger. Like, like I said, that ACL tear just, like, ruined her shot in the UFC. Um. And that that I think she's like thirty seven. Yeah, she, she's pushing forty, and she has twenty fights on her resume. Like she has over twenty fights on her resume, almost thirty. Like, and you know, the way she fights, she is very much a someone who is would be susceptible to like wear and tear. Yeah. So yeah, kind of sucks, but great, great for Landsberg though. Like. She she went out there and did the thing. She that was, that was pretty much a wipeout. It, you know, but without getting the finish. But uh, yeah. So congrats to Lena Landsberg. Um, move oh next fight, next fight, next fight. A name that we have mentioned on this podcast because he hasn't fought in God knows how long, and he came back. Like an angel. 
The man came back from, I think, a three-year hiatus, man. Leonardo Santos versus Stevie Ray. Um, the man came back and, and gave himself one of the best KOs of the year. <laughs> I mean, like, th- if anything, this just means Stevie Ray is going to fight for the title, right? Because that's what happened to the last guy who uh, Santos knocked out. Right. <laughs> so Stevie Ray, get ready. It's coming. It's your time. <laughs> You've been Man. initiated. It's wild because Santos for this fight, it was a lot of heavy body kicks. Just a lot of heavy kicks. But he was consistently pawing out with that left hand. Uh-huh. And he kept pawing out. And he kept pawing out. It would just be leg kick, paw out, leg kick, paw. I'm not leg kick, body kick, paw out, body kick, paw out. And then he pawed out one time. Got the distance right on the nose, uncorked the right hand while Stevie was uh, trying to come in. Caught the man right, just can't you can't place a punch better, and completely just cleaned him. Just one shot, kill, game over. Yeah, that was a terrible punch by Ray. <laughs> I don't know, I wonder if he just got frustrated and he was just like, you know. I'm going to commit to this no matter what. Right. <laughs> when that happens, you kind of, when you have those moments, things don't tend to go well. Uh Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Joshua down again. Oh, you're definitely ahead of me. Oh, are you in round seven? Yes. Round right, seven, on. two minutes and six. 16 seconds left. Oh, oh, oh. Hands. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I think this goes a long way to the uh, the theory that Joshua just doesn't deal with short opponents very well. Jeez. Yeah, you're definitely ahead of me. I'm just now at two oh minutes. Oh, my God. Oh. Down again? Down again. Okay, he's about to lose the title. Because that shot was not even bad, that one that hurt him. Yeah, did that left even land? That. No, it just got. Oh, oh, it waved it off! Wow. It waved... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. Bruh. Ruiz, man. Wow. Ruiz just. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna say I haven't seen a ton of Joshua fights, but of the ones I've seen, yeah, he did not look, um. He did not look good tonight at all. And I don't even want to really take this away from Ruiz. Because, hey, man. <laughs> the W. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bruh, this is wild. Dude, he really just put pause on Joshua. Joshua looked really just... Nowhere near as like technical as I've seen. Like he just looked really 
flat. Like, I don't even really know how to. He just looked really He's flat. Worse and worse since the fight. Oh man, that is that is crazy. Joshua looked bad. He looked really bad. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I'm forgetting we got fights to talk about. That is... Oh, man. Oh, my God. Like, just... Mm. I... <laughs> Congrats to Ruiz, man. Big, like, first person of Mexican descent to ever hold the heavyweight title. Uh, the Dude, men's heavyweight title, I should say. Dropped Joshua like four times. Mm-hmm. That was, like, I, that was probably on the odds a bigger upset than. I say I can't say that. That that's not quite Buster Douglas, but that that's it's only closer. because that's only that's only because Joshua was not as good as Tyson was. Right, it, it, it's as close as you can get in like this era. God damn, like that. <laughs> That is, oh my god. <laughs> Dude, that is. Uh, nah, nah, nah. I, I see people saying, um. This is why you make big fights when they're supposed to happen. Indeed, cause Joshua Wilder. That's off. That, that's gone. It's, it's gone. Gone. You're never gonna see it. That's if you do see it, it's sale. not gonna be the same. Nope. Stupid, Aaron. You deserve to lose your license. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ruiz Wilder now. That's that's what we got. No, you know what we got? You know who's coming back? Joseph Parker. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, I know Wilder is probably like dying laughing. I mean, I wonder if he's upset because that's freaking... Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's money. Yeah, that was money. That, yeah, I mean... That... And the thing is, like, yeah, now you, you can't, even if you do that fight, that, that money's not going to be the same. That pot's not going to be as big. Because yeah. it's not like Joshua went out here and, like, lost a war. Like, he didn't even look good. Like, dude, he. Like, and Dylan White. Like, Dylan White's another dude who he beat Parker. Jesus Christ. God. Jesus Christ. Y'all. <laughs> this is. Whew, I'm glad we watched that in real time. I'm glad I saw that like while it was actually happening. 
Oh my god, uh, like, Joey has no fucking idea. Oh my god, he's <laughs> watching Godzilla right now. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, where's Stokes? Oh my god, Stokes, no one Stokes, he probably put money down on Ruiz, right? Right. <laughs> Stokes got rich. <laughs> we ain't never gonna hear from him again. Oh man, that is... Bruh. I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I didn't. Ah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think that's the lesson. When you got a chance to uh, make a money fight, go uh, go get that money. Like no, when you have a uh, like, like when you have the chance to make the right to fight, make it, cause like we, we've been through this in MMA where like people chase the money fight and it, it leads to inferior product for uh, the rest of us. But like that could have been that could have been easily Wilder versus Joshua or Joshua versus Fury tonight and. Oh. For whatever reason, they didn't want to do it. Word to uh, Crawford and uh, Spence. That could oh. easily be y'all. Uh... Yeah, stop playing. <laughs> stop playing. Because, uh, yeah, don't let this be you. Do not let this be you. I forgot which one of them fighting Thurman. Neither. I think Pacquiao's fighting. Oh, no, no, not Thurman. Um, Isn't one of them fighting soon? Uh, one of them... Crawford just... Oh, I think Earl Spence is fighting like Luis Castillo or something. Uh, whoever, okay. yeah. Whoever one of y'all fighting next, if you win. And hopefully... Oh, no, 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 they both just fought now I think about it. Okay. So, uh, yeah. If you saw this, don't, uh... Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, they're both way better for boxers True. than any of the top dudes in heavyweight. True, but when the fight is there and it makes sense, like, just just do it. Just do it. Have a great fight. Make a lot of money. Be happy. Fans will love it. Your bank account will love it. It'll be a nice moment in history we all can look back on and be fond of. Now we're all going to look back at Joshua like, bruh. Yeah, bro. <laughs> you had it and you let, you let the bag escape, man. The bag left the house. The bag is gone. You fumbled on the one-yard line. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, let's get back to this card because we, we can go on for that for a while. Who are we talking about? Leonardo Santos. Now I feel bad we overshadowed his moment. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, in the same vein, he had a great, probably not as great as Reeves because it wasn't a, as huge an upset and he didn't win a belt for it. But um, three-year layoff, came back and got one of the best KOs this year. Um, looked solid, a lot of body kicks, and killed Stevie Ray with a right hand. That absolutely floored him. And he didn't really take a lot of damage this fight. So kind of like in the same uh, frame of Amir Khani, please 
fight again very soon, <laughs> especially for Santos, who we, who we haven't seen in three years. And considering he's like 30, I didn't know he was that old. Oh, yeah, no, he was old when he freaking he knocked out Kevin Lee. He was like 39 or something like that. Or thir- He's in his upper 30s. He yeah. don't got a lot of time left. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is. He is 39 years old. And this ain't the division that you want to be old in. So, like, dude, you need to fight as much as possible, as quick as possible, because the, the clock been ticking. Um, but, nah, great great one for Santos, man. We we brought his name up a lot on this podcast, wondering, like, where is he at? Where is he at? Um, he back. He back. And he, he killed the man. So, congrats to him. Um, sticking in lightweight, moving on down, Frank Camacho versus Nick Hahn. Uh, this was actually a really fun fight, as most Camacho fights are. I think dude has, like, three fight of the night bonuses. Um, it was cool to see, like, Camacho have a, a violent fight, but a patient, violent fight. Didn't rush in, rush in and do anything crazy. Got really creative with the strikes, a lot of good combinations, kicks, elbows. But he wasn't out there getting caught in, like, brawls. He looked just really good and the finishing sequence man he just pieced nick hine up like he caught him like a one two staggered him beat him up against the cage nick hine i don't think he ever even like fell over but he just ate so many shots that it was like all right yeah we've seen enough like he, he ate like the killer instinct ultra combo and we we didn't need to see that um uh god yo Frank Camacho, best performance of his career, man. Just body kicks. Body punching. It works. Uh, you can see Joshua in the ring. He's trying to talk to the judge. The, the official and be like, I was still good to go. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> nah, bro. That's not how it works. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is not, not how it works at all. Um, but no, you're right. Yeah, that that probably is the best Camacho. Um, like just patient. Like did not overcommit on anything. Even when he had hind hurt, took his time. Did not um like go crazy trying to finish. But was still delivering with some like really nice com like combination work. Really aggressive combination work. Like. I, I'm a, I'm always a sucker for an aggressive pocket fighter, um, who's a, who's able to you know tone it down when he needs to. So, big big shouts to Frank Camacho, just absolutely battered the crap out of Nick Hine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Camacho, yeah, lightweight man. <laughs> Another guy, just. I I don't rank him as high as everyone else, but on the entertainment factor, he's he's up there, and any any Camacho fight is is gonna be a good time. Um, God, it's so hard to talk about the rest of this card because I just want to talk about. I mean, these last three fights, we can kind of. <laughs> hey, yeah, there's not a lot there yeah. of substance. Um, yeah, hey, let's, just, let's just bulldoze. Yeah, bulldoze these. Uh, women's bantamweight. Uh, Bea Malecki versus Duda, uh, Duda Santana. 
Um, Santana was winning this fight until the fight was to the ground. Yeah, and then she got yeah, yeah. She was she she was landing the jab. Yeah, she was she was looked like she was about to go on and win a decision, and they went to the ground, and then she got uh, her back taken and got choked out for her troubles. Um, shout out to Maleki, who I think they said is training at Fortis. I think they said she's a uh, roommate with uh, Macy uh, uh, Kiason. I mean, if she, yeah. if you can't beat her on the show, you might as well learn from her in real life, right? Hey, I ain't mad at it. But, yeah, that was that fight, so shout-outs to uh, Maleki. I think that was her debut, uh, I want to say. But either way, solid win for her. Um, moving back to light heavyweight, 205 was all over this card. Uh, Devin Clark and Darko Stoics had the most 205 fight I've ever seen. It was everything good, bad, and terrible about 205. There were moments when nothing was happening. Then there was moments where people were getting rocked. There were moments when everybody looked tired. It was everything and in between. Uh, but Devin Clark got the win. Uh, I think he dropped Stoic twice. Somebody landed a spin in something in this fight. I think it was Clark. But, it, yeah, it, it, it was a, a fun 205 fight that gave you the good, bad, and ugly of 205. But it was fun. It was, it was a, 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 and the night of 205ers, I think we actually got some good fights. So I'm not going to complain because 205 fights can definitely go the other way. So congrats to Devin Clark. Uh, he got a win. And last fight on the card, uh, Joel Alvarez uh, defeated Danilo Belluardo uh, via TKO. I remember this fight being fun, but I don't remember it much in detail, probably because it was the very first fight. Hey, um, Betty just struggled everywhere. He got takedowns that he couldn't really do anything with. Uh, Alvarez, um, if I remember correctly, almost hit a triangle right before the end of the first round, but, uh, Bellardo was able to posture up, so he just proceeded to use his legs to, like, kind of, like, lock Bellardo down while he hammered him with, like, hammer fists from the bottom. Um, in the second round, it was like, Joel Alvarez was battering him with kicks, and then he took him down again, and then, um, what was it? It was a Dagestani, Dagestani, um, what was it, handcuff? Where he just swept him over, and then proceeded to beat on him until the referee called the fight. It, it was some, like, straight-up UFC 2007, like, grappling on display here, so. Yep. Props to Joel Alvarez, I guess. There you go. Proving once and for all, Spanish MMA is way ahead of Italian MMA. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, that was UFC Stockholm. Uh, like we said in the beginning, pretty solid card from, from top to bottom. Not really... I can't really say there were, like, many terrible fights, like... Every fight had a little, a little something, something for everybody. Um, maybe not every fight meant something in terms of a grand scheme, but on an entertainment factor, it was pretty solid. And you know, the main event, you know, I guess kind of was what it was. But we got some great KOs. You got the Santos KO, the Rochick's head kick, which are two of the best KOs you'll see all year. Good, good to see Amir Khani back. Um, very fun fight from Camacho. So you, you got, you got some good. There were some good happenings on this card. Um, so, solid card, and it was early in the morning, so it's not like we had to stay up until, like, midnight, you know, watching it. 
I need these memes, man. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> you can give them another about 20, 30 minutes. They'll they'll be they'll they'll be up there. But um yeah, that was uh that was UFC Stockholm. <laughs> you know what's wild? There are a lot of people on my Facebook who apparently didn't know Joshua was fighting tonight, and they're just now finding out that uh. Yeah, like this, like there was like no advertising for this fight, um. But th- this probably got more fucking eyes on it than anything else. Yeah. Oh my god, just. Boy, oh boy. On the front page of ESPN, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he has looked progressively worse. I mean, because he got like that one. He got what? I mean, he got one knockdown or two? He knocked him down like the third, didn't he? Joshua? Uh, Joshua? Did didn't he, knock, he, start? he knocked him down, yeah, the third round. Yeah. Second and or third, anyway. Yeah. And then after that, it just. Ugh. Yeah, this <laughs> it's so wild. People on the time like, yo, what? Joshua lost. Like, I mean, yeah. it's not the most unbelievable thing ever. But yeah, yeah, the bag, man. That damn Errol Spence said it best. Fuck the pot up. Yep. Nothing else to say. Mess, mess the bag up for you. If I'm, yeah, if 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 you're wilder, you probably a little salty. Like, man, I just needed you to handle business, and we could have still, you know, we could have still did this. But uh, mm. <laughs> that is. UK boxing is on. Mm. This is not a good time, bro. That's what a time to be alive, y'all. Those are crazy podcasts to come back to. Like I knew this episode, we'd have a lot to talk about, but I forgot that this fight was actually happening today. So, uh, say we came back on a pretty good note. <laughs> we came back with some some happenings. Uh, going on. God damn it. Fucking Luke Thomas. No, but what did he say? This feels like what MMA would be if Paul Blancanoa won the UFC title. Don't fear Andy Ruiz. Fear the consequences. Dude, Andy Ruiz is a way better boxer than fucking Paul Blancanoa <laughs> was an MMA player. What the... F- I, uh, oh. I, I hate people so much. Oh, boy. I don't even know how to like end this now. Like, <laughs> don't fuck up your bag, people. Oh man. Get in and get out. Yes. Tomorrow is not promised. Neither is round seven. Um. Dude, oh my God, that's right. Andy Ruiz is a PBC fighter. Shit, this might actually affect Tyson Fury. The Tyson Fury match. Because because the PVC now has control of all the heavyweight titles. 
And now they just, well, they tweeted out the Mexican flag 20 minutes ago. Oh, that's not good. Oh, that's not good. People, we might not be getting Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder after all. Wow. What a, <laughs> what a podcast. <laughs> what? Okay, I, I legitimately don't know how to end it. Yeah, it it almost like I don't even, yeah I, <laughs> I don't feel like just abruptly just cutting it off, like in the Sopranos we just cut the black like it's just, it's over like that's that's it, um yeah y'all I, <laughs> I really don't know how to that was UFC Stockholm that was a real time halfway analysis of Joshua Ruiz uh, at least a real time reaction. Um, you know, may, maybe I'll, I'll go back because, you know, fights stay on the zone. So if you got, guys have the zone, you can go up and watch it. They'll, it'll be posted probably tomorrow. Or by the time you guys hear this podcast episode, it'll, it'll probably already be up. Um, I might go back and rewatch it. And then when we record next week, I'll, uh, we can, like, revisit it. Let, let the fight sink in a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, go back and, like, actually break it down and figure out where life went wrong. Because it, it, it definitely went wrong really quick. <laughs> um, man but yeah that's uh pretty much been today's episode of the podcast so i guess uh we can go on and get out of here with uh parting shots and shout outs we can even do that boy um i don't have any shot uh shots um 30 years old i'm just trying to be happy Try to have some positive energy. But I'll yell on the lawn one of these podcasts. Um, nobody really got me too angry this week. Or if they did, I forgot about it. So, no shots. Um, but I will give a shout-out. Uh, real quick mention. I forgot to mention it earlier, man. NBA Finals going on. Golden State and Toronto. I got $35 on Toronto. So, shout-out to Toronto. Even though I hate Drake on the sidelines, he's pissing me off every time they put the camera on him. Does anybody like, like, really like Drake? It's like, why is he so close? Why is he on the floor? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But shout out to the NBA Finals. Fun time of year. Didn't get to catch game one, but I'll get to get, uh, I should be able to catch game two. I think it comes on tomorrow at like eight. I'll definitely be home by then. Um, but uh, my actual shout out is going to go to Jawan Howard, man. Uh, former NBA player, former Michigan Wolverine. Um, and he will be returning to Michigan after all these years as a head coach. Um, for those who don't know, Jawan Howard was a member of the infamous Fab Five team with uh, him, Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, Jimmy King, and some other gentlemen who I cannot remember. But uh, he took over the job at Michigan after uh, their other coach, uh, John Baylon, left to coach Cleveland. Good luck <laughs> coaching Cleveland. Hopefully you can do something, because, boy, without LeBron, that, that organization has been trash. But, um, no, nah, c- congrats to uh, Jawan Howard. He had a really, like, emotional press conference, got to return to school. Um, the Fab Five and Michigan and that university don't have the best of relationships. If you guys have never watched the Fab Five documentary on ESPN, uh, the 30 for 30 they did, go watch it. It's a really great documentary, and... 
it was one of those documentaries that made me in favor of collegiate athletes being uh, paid. Definitely was one of the documentaries that made me like kind of reconsider that stance. But congrats to Jawan Howard. That's dope that like you played for the school. You, you were on one of the most famous teams in that program's history, and now he gets to go back as a coach. And, you know, hopefully he can do great things. So shout-out to Jawan Howard. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, and shout-out to the listeners, man. Uh, shout-out to you guys. Keep listening. Keep sharing. Keep listening to that uh, Andrade Thug Rose podcast <laughs> for whatever reason. All right. Get your fix in however you want. You feel Yeah, me? yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever works for you, you know we appreciate it. But keep sharing, man. Share with a friend, coworker. You're on a little coffee date, you know. Send it to her or him, whoever you with. Um, that's all I got for for parting shots and uh, shout outs. I mean, shout outs to um. Well, first of all, shout outs to Delphine for uh, Delphine Pursuant, who I think got robbed. Mind you, I was watching this card um, while we were recording, so uh, um, you know I'm probably not the uh, the best when it comes to like scoring the fight, but um, you know from what I saw, it looks like she won the fight, um, even even with the fucked up face down the at the end of the uh, the end of the match. Um, and shout out to Andrew Ruiz Jr. He, he fucking did it. He did it. I feel like him winning is for just like, like he did it for the common man. Right. Like, like we all won. He is the common man. <laughs> like you look at the physique and it's like, yo, he did that for us. <laughs> like, like, I think we all won tonight. Oh, oh man. What a fucking weekend. Yeah. And to think, next weekend we get to crown a UFC champion for the guy who lost his belt because he couldn't stay off the EPO. Mm. So, Mm-mm. what a magical time! Indeed, indeed. Oh, real quick before we leave, uh, for my anime fans out there, uh, if you guys have been watching Attack on Titan, um. If Levy isn't in your uh, consideration on your list of uh, greatest of all time anime characters, think after the last episodes, we got to start having that conversation. Or maybe I'm just late to the conversation. But uh, Levy is a GOAT anime character. I won't spoil the episode for those who are fans, but uh, Levy is that guy. But anywho... This has been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. As always, give us a listen on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Hit us up on the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, as well as Twitch, at Serial Sensei. That is all we got for today's episode. So as always... Anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.